It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. We are doing a live episode tonight uh, to uh, interrupt slightly the flow from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which just kicked off today. And there's a reason for it. Uh, Arya and the crew up there did put together an episode, but we want to make sure we have one in the can for Wednesday uh, because Bonnie and I are planning on going up to the campground. We're still waiting to find out when we can be there because there's certain restrictions on me as far as how long I can be out and when I have to be back. And so we're just trying to figure that out. But we are definitely planning on, on going up there. So just to make sure that you know everything airs uh, without issue on Wednesday night, uh, we're just going to take a break and we'll do a, a local live show here tonight. Although it's not entirely local, uh, Ian and Bonnie are going to be here in the studio, but remotely we have Mark Edge. Hey, Mark. Here I am, Mexico City. I uh, hear it's a little tough to breathe down there. Yeah, the air quality has been back and forth here and it's uh, not been that great. I guess there's a uh, there's a mountain uh, erupting some miles away closer to the city mm. of Puebla than it is to Mexico City, but there's a lot of people in Mexico City and I'm afraid no, I can't pronounce the name of the erupting uh, volcano. I know everybody mm. wants me to. How far away is it from the city? Um 40 miles probably. Okay. So it's like some 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 days are better than others. I mean, is this has this been going off for some number of days? This weeks, volcano? Weeks. weeks. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. I just figured, uh, you know, boom, it goes uh, it goes off, uh, shoots up its lava, and then that's the end of it. I did not know it was an ongoing uh, affair. Yeah, it's Popo Catapetal. <laughs> Thanks for trying. The name of the, and I think there's actually two of them going off. And in reality, Ian, it shows how few places you've lived. Um, the entire big island of Hawaii has been uh, basically active the mm-hmm. entire time you've been alive. And uh, Yeah, but you know, just an active volcano doesn't mean it's erupting. Okay, well, it's spewing. It's, the The problem is the gases that are getting spewed into the mm-hmm. air, not, um, you know, like shooting magma skyward. I see. Uh, and that's the issue and plus of course it's this is the largest city in the western hemisphere sorry new york and uh, there's a lot of cars and stuff so you know hmm. there's that how many people live in mexico city so it's the lar- larger than new york it's larger than new york um it, it, this is one of those difficult ones to answer mm-hmm. is it difficult because you don't it's hard to measure like where people live or something like that. Especially or in Mexico, it is hard to measure mm-hmm. population. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But um, I'm looking up the answer to your question. The internet right says now. 9 million, 9.2 million. Right. But I mean, is that the metro? Is it the uh, inside the city limits and, you know, all that stuff? Yeah. I think that uh, what I think they say that New York City gets up to 15 during the day, but those people don't actually live there. Right. So that's something. And looks like uh, Wikipedia is doing a fundraiser. All right, so we got stuff to talk about here tonight. I know, Mark, you're a big Marvel fan, so coming up you want to tell us about The Punisher, uh, which is uh, apparently being canceled. We'll explain why that is coming up here in moments. But a couple of days ago, actually a few days ago now, there was some news that hackers would be targeting certain targets uh, within the governments and the banking systems of the United States and Europe as well. I don't know if you heard about this, Mark, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Anonymous story. is back. Apparently, you remember them from I don't know ten, fifteen years ago. How would you know if they ever left? Well, I mean, they certainly 
they haven't been um, in the news at the very least in the in the well, last several years. What I'm saying is, is they don't have a membership card. And this is true. If they decide to go and you know somebody decides to call themselves anonymous, how do I know it was one of the you know the first group that uh, called themselves anonymous? We don't. I don't know how to root for this group. Um, I just yeah, don't. They're not always uh, worth rooting for. I mean, it's just like you said, anybody can call themselves anonymous, and so sometimes they get. Uh, political with their attacks and sometimes they strike at interesting targets and of course you know taking down the central banking system would be an interesting thing for them to do i don't think that's likely what we're going to see come out of this but there was uh you know one of those anonymous videos that was posted according to coin graph news on twitter uh they cite certain hacker groups that are allegedly uniting for a campaign and uh, they claim they're going to paralyze the SWIFT system, which, of course, is the uh, the payment system between international banks that you may have heard of if you were paying attention to the Russian uh, sanctions that were placed on Russia. One of those sanctions was they were banned from using SWIFT to transfer money. And so uh, apparently they're claiming that uh, three groups are involved in this, KillNet, Revil, R-E-V-I-L, R-Evil, and Anonymous Sudan. Uh, Now, whether anything has actually come out of this, it's hard to say because there have been some news uh, stories about different targets uh, being hit. So, for instance, a recent story was over the weekend, the U.S. Energy Department, according to Reuters, got two ransom notices as what they're calling the Move It hack is claiming more victims. The uh, ransom request came in from Russian-linked extortion group CLOP or CIOP at both its nuclear waste facility and scientific education facility that were hit by this global hacking campaign. Uh, the DOE contractor Oak Ridge Associated Universities in Waste Isolation Pilot Plant in New Mexico uh, for defense-related radioactive nuclear waste were hit in the attack. Data was compromised, they said, at the two entities after hackers breached their systems through a security flaw in the file transfer tool MoveIt Transfer. The software is widely used by organizations around the world to share sensitive data, and apparently they found some sort of an exploit uh, in there to target these various different government agencies uh, from u.s government departments to the uk's telecom regulator and energy giant shell a range of victims have emerged since burlington massachusetts-based progress software found the security flaw in its move it transfer product last month so they are coming after these agencies the ransom request came into the doe in emails to the facility um, I don't know if they're going to tell us what kind of ransom they're looking for. The DOE, which manages the U.S. nuclear weapons and waste sites for the military, notified Congress of the breach. CIOP did not respond to requests for comment, but in a post on its website, it said, quote, We don't have any government data and suggested that should the hackers inadvertently have picked up such data in their mass theft, quote, we still do the polite thing and delete all. So they're not, it, I, I don't know if they're saying they're not going to extort them. It sounds like it might just be ransomware. It sounds like they might have locked up their systems and are just simply demanding a payment. This may not be... In Bitcoin? 
<laughs> well, that's what they're not saying here. They're not saying whether it's Bitcoin or whether it's Monero. I think most of the ransomware attacks have been migrating to Monero from what I've heard, at least. Um, so, I mean, you know, it would make sense, right? You don't you don't want to use Bitcoin for your ransomware. I mean, that's kind of like 2013 uh, level kind of attacks when you yeah. could when you could instead use Monero. Because it can easily be traced. Correct. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, if you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. There was also a story over at Politico prior to this uh, about these different attacks by CLOP, which is allegedly a Russian extortion gang. Now, this is different than the hackers from Anonymous who were claiming that they were going to bring some big attack against the banking system itself. And here's their uh, video that they released at the end of last week. This is from the anonymous group, which said the following here. I've got it queued up. We are a direct threat to all European banks. European banks, you will soon be witnessing the most powerful cyber attack in the recent history of the world. Be prepared, because when we strike, it will be too late to make amends. Many European banks will be targeted and we will hit without mercy. Now, why would they announce it in advance, though? That's the question. I mean, is this is this even a real thing, or are they just trying to gin up some attention for their groups? I have not personally heard... Well, wouldn't it be really bad a, a idea to get attention and then not do it? Yeah. And get attention and then people be like, oh, they don't do what they say. But why would you want your target to like lock down and potentially be aware that there may be a strike coming? So, I mean, it just didn't doesn't really make a whole lot of sense as to why they would announce this. Well, they uh, say in the video later, they say this is not a warning. So maybe for maybe they're uh, like absolutely sure that they can do it no matter what the banks try to do. Well, I haven't heard about any kind of banking takedowns yet. I mean, uh, then again, we don't necessarily subscribe to European news feeds. So if you guys out there listening know of anything about it, feel free to weigh in here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here's the rest of their uh, Gone mad. The reason for this is money. If God rules Russia, then who rules Europe? That's right, the banking system. No money, no problem. Revel is sufficiently familiar with the European financial infrastructure. See you soon. This is not a DDoS attack. Games are over. We call on all active groups to engage in destructive activities against the European banking system. No money, no weapons, no key regime. This is the formula for the death of Nazism and it will work. Within 48 hours we are launching this global company. Nothing will save you and this is not a warning. <laughs> I am just informing you. You have never seen such problems before. We are killed it. You know, it sounds really exciting. Uh, I, sounds Russian is what it sounds well, like. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. That's, uh, you know, the alleged... Apparently God rules Russia. Yeah, they definitely well, did make some comments about Russia. I can Russia. say that the Ukrainian forces that are using Nazi uh, symbols aren't helping the scenario. Mm -hmm. um, now, I can, I'm can. i all for scaring your opponents and the most evil group as far as russians are concerned are the nazis because they fought a terrible war against them um and if the ukrainians are trying to scare the russians by putting swastikas and the like on their helmets um they're also scaring the world in the process 
Yep. So I, you know, it's it's hard not to cheer these guys on. <laughs> you know, if they were actually going to take down the European banking system or the U.S. Uh, banking system. I mean, it I didn't would... hear much about the U.S. banking system. No, this. they didn't uh, actually mention the U.S. system in there. I, I just I don't think quick... the Russians want the U.S. system after them. I just did a quick look, like European banks, comma news, and I didn't Nothing. see anything. Yeah. Apparently, well, like, there is something going on with Credit Suisse, but it doesn't look that big. It's just like, I don't know, there are people who look into the, how their, you know, things are going for Credit Suisse found failings, mm-hmm. quote unquote. But that's not the same as being, like, attacked by a nope. hacker. So. No, nope, definitely not the yep. same. So. And that's Swiss, and they're not EU. Oh. Oh, really? The Swiss didn't join? They're part There's. Oh, this is a complicated uh, question, but uh, no, Switzerland is not part of the EU. Hmm. You know, since we're talking about the uh, European Union, I think you had some news about the French president, Emmanuel Macron, who sounds like he's cozying up with BRICS, which is, of course, the uh, the other big group of countries out there, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and uh, South Africa. Well, I do have to say, I, I don't think they used the word European Union in the video we just listened to either. They said European banks. Yeah, they said European yeah, banks. Right. I don't know um, where Switzerland uh, nationally stands on this Ukrainian-Russian war, but I suspect they're neutral. Okay. It, uh, Credit Suisse has its own problems right now as far as uh, solvency goes, and uh, my guess is is that's what's the issue. Yeah, no, but, I didn't think it was related. Yeah. I thought we heard um, I don't know, some number of months ago that Switzerland had taken a side and was backing Ukraine. You know what? You guys are covering this a heck of a lot more than I have been. Yeah, and it was as- it was noteworthy because they broke you know decades and decades of being completely uh, non taking a side or yeah. whatever terminology. Neutral. Yeah, neutral. Thank you. Well, Liechtenstein still hasn't taken a side. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> um, and I'm surprised when you mentioned uh, the French president's name. I've heard I've been next to you when you've ordered a croissant, and I figured you'd you'd go with the full Macron. Oh, I didn't? Okay. No. Well, anyway. <laughs> um, from BNN.network, French President Man- Emmanuel Macron has reportedly asked the South African President Cyril Ramfosa for an invitation to the upcoming BRICS summit in Pretoria, a move that could signal a shift in France's foreign policy amid the ongoing war in Ukraine. Hmm. According to the French newspaper La Pignon, Macron uh, made the request during a phone call with Ramfosa on June 3, 2023. The paper cited diplomatic sources as saying that Macron wanted to exchange views with the leaders of uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, who are expected to meet in late July or early August for their 15th annual summit. Macron's interest in joining the BRICS summit comes at a time when France is facing increased pressure from its NATO allies, especially the U.S. and U.K., to take a tougher stance against Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. France has been reluctant to impose harsh sanctions on Moscow or to provide lethal mm-hmm. weapons to Kiev, figuring that it would, excuse me, fearing that it would escalate the conflict and damage its economic and strategic interests in Europe and Africa. We need to remember that France is the final standing empire. Um, and they what have, what do you mean by that? Well, um, an empire would be defined as, uh, you know, sort of a nation state that attempts to have huge and wide, wide ranging, uh, uh, territory far and wide. Right. I mean, they have some so, islands, right? 
Yeah, they have a lot of them. If you look mm-hmm. at a, um, a the the value of that today is is the oil drilling rights around each of these things, the, the mineral have, rights. Don't they also have like African countries, or is that over? And those people just still speak French. I don't know the answer to that, but That's I a good question. French, French, France never really gave up its. Um, stuff you know england did the united states did but france didn't well i mean the united states has hundreds of military bases stationed all around the planet i mean if anything meets the definition of empire it's it's the u.s they're gonna they're more likely to send a military to invade you if you're doing something uh, as a government elsewhere in the world that the u.s government doesn't like i mean france you don't hear as much about them doing the same thing the term that um, is used for the United States is a hegemony, mm-hmm. right? So the entire the idea is, is that you get to keep your leaders as long as they do what we want, mm-hmm. versus France, which is you don't. You know, we we're in charge. You're at best a puppet state, mm-hmm. um, and in most cases not. But uh, I think that the what what we're seeing now the value of having kept its empire is is all these drilling rights all over the place, and. You know, they don't want to give that kind of stuff up. France has repeatedly sort of made the um, idea know that they would like to see Russia join NATO and Mm -hmm. a variety of things. So France does not seem to be on board with this whole Kiev Russia thing, the, you know, the the blue and the gold and all that. Yeah, they have been, as the article I think mentions, kind of cozying up to some extent to Putin. It seems like throughout all of this, and they're trying to keep their options open. I mean, you can't really uh, blame them for not wanting to take one side or the other particularly heavily. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people would like to blame them. They would like to say that Russia is the evil actor in this and that uh, Ukraine is an innocent bystander. And why in the world would they send in troops? But it kind of reminds me of 9-11. Americans felt like foreign policy started on 9-11-2001 and that, you know, we were attacked and they had no idea. Well, I mean, you know, the United States was attacked. There's no doubt. Uh, But what they didn't realize was, hey, the United States' foreign policy inside the Middle East had been going on for decades. And those people were sick and tired of it. And a small group of them went out and attacked. And uh, that's essentially kind of how people are approaching and i don't know whether it's just uh, americans that's the most of the places i've been but are approaching this ukraine uh, and russian conflict uh, the same way i'm not rooting for russia i'm simply saying that ukraine has some territory to its east that it seems like there's a high concentration of people who self-identify as russian Mm -hmm. and in my opinion i would support everywhere else in the world a group of people who wanted to secede from a nation and go to another nation. Right. I support them. Yeah. Now, should I change my opinion for Russia for people that are Russian? Definitely not. What were you saying, Bonnie? Oh, I just looked it up, and I don't know about any country in Africa, but Senegal apparently declared independence in 1960. So from France? Yeah. So that's another one that we can bring up when people are like, what's going to happen? I don't think there was some kind of huge... Oh, you mean France didn't invade Senegal? Yeah, I'm pretty and... sure that millions okay. didn't die or right. get nuked or something. That's good to know. What else, uh, Mark? 
Uh, going on, Macron's interest in joining BRICS summit comes uh, at a time when France is facing increased pressure from its NATO allies, especially the U.S. and U.K., to take a tougher stance against Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. France has been reluctant to impose harsh sanctions on Moscow or to provide lethal weapons to Kiev, figuring it could escalate the conflict and damage its economic interest in Europe yep. and Africa. Sorry, I read that. Well, Macron France has, has uh, as I understand it, they're actually friendly towards nuclear power, so they're a little more... Um, I guess, able to take care of themselves as far as energy policy is concerned, unlike some of these other European states. But that said, they probably still don't want to shut off uh, the access to Russian oil in the same way that the rest of Europe appears to be willing to do. And again, you can't blame them at all for uh, for taking a neutral position or what seems like a fairly neutral position. And the upcoming BRICS summit, which I believe is later this summer, if I recall correctly, is going to be interesting because they've got something like, I think, as many as 19 nations that are in various different states of applying for BRICS membership. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't know how many of those are going and to be. And none of them are the U.S. Of course right? not. Like, this is essentially the organization to compete with the United States' hegemony around the world. And, yeah, this is um, to compete with, like, the G7 or whatever you want to call it the the big the biggies the US Canada UK uh those those guys they got their own organizations Japan I think is uh, is in there in G7 France might even be in there I I presume France is I presume France is part of the G7 too um France has had a long history of not you know, marching to the U.S.'s drumbeat. And I I believe firmly that that's the reason that there's all this sort of French hate in the U.S. Now, every once in a while, you you know, there's there's a good meme out there. What's My favorite is uh, French World War II rifle, um, practically new, only dropped once. <laughs> and, you know, it's a good joke. But uh, in reality, you know, under de Gaulle, they didn't like it when the United States took the dollar off the gold standard. And there was a long dispute over that. The U.S. owed France money and <laughs> France didn't like that it devalued its currency. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, Macron has been critical of the U.S. led global order, which he believes is unfair and outdated. He has called for a new multilateralism that would give more voice and influence to emerging powers and regions. In a speech in Bratislava, in wherever that is, somebody look it up, May 2023, he proposed guarantees to Ukraine that made that match those provided by the U.S. to Israel, as well as a new security and architecture for Europe that would include Russia. Mm, all right, we're going to continue here in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that you might want to discuss and coming up we'll talk about the end of the punisher comic book franchise it's in slovakia and more on the way it's free talk live free talk live is brought to you by dash digital cash dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending in addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote dash every month 10 percent of the mining rewards go into a treasury anyone with one dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the dash masternodes to vote on The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. 
Thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Talk live, and you can join the show. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live, and this hour of the show is brought to you by Dash. Digital Cash. Dash is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. It has been around for quite some time. In fact, it is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies out there, and it's still going strong. The folks over at Dash are involved in what is the very first, the world's first, decentralized autonomous organization. And if you're into the world of cryptocurrency these days, you hear a lot about DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. But Dash did it first, and they did a pretty good job with it. Every month, 10% of Dash's mining rewards go into a treasury. And anyone that has one Dash, and that's like just over 30 bucks right now, Dash is, uh, is on sale uh, can put forward that Dash to put a proposal up that the Dash masternodes then decide how to vote on. Uh, they vet the proposals, they decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, uh, again, DAOs are all over the place, but Dash paved the way and did it first. Uh, it's one of the oldest cryptos. You can get it on exchanges. It's in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. And thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. As we go to your phone calls and thoughts, we're going to start out with Renee in Louisiana. Renee, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering uh, about the like the economy. I mean, you know, uh, in the left and how it perceives the economy. It's uh, I, I know the right. Uh, I feel the right always wants to be greedy, pay less, work people harder for more with less benefits. But uh, that kind of eats me up when the left's supposed to be the champion of paychecks and stuff, and they also have big tech that want to. Do plan obsolescence. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and instead of do a percentage thing, not all jobs can pay equally. Uh, you know, uh, it's like a no-win situation. Every time they, they you're right about the, that. Uh, wages, you every time they raise the wages, you know, everything goes up. Yes, that's uh, that's that's how the economy works. I mean the. The wages, by the way, went up recently simply because they increased the money supply by dramatically printing a ton of money into the economy. And so, therefore, businesses had to raise wages in order to kind of keep up with the Joneses to some extent. But I think to the point that you first uh, had first made, Renee, the... Uh, the the people who are you know looking on one side or the other for some sort of a savior are going to continue to be disappointed uh, because both the Republicans and the Democrats are just here to take advantage of you. None, neither of these sides are interested in helping the quote unquote little guy. They're here to use you. I think the Republicans say that you know the, the this is the sort of there's a series of lies that the parties tell. One of the lies that is told is is the Democrat Party is out there for the little guy. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the Democrat Party is run by millionaires. 
You can see everybody who gets into office. It doesn't take them long before they become millionaires too. And this is, you know, it, it's it's the same thing over and over again. Keep voting for these two teams and expect the same stuff. But, I mean, who else can you vote for? I mean, the libertarians are out there some places, sometimes, but, of course, not enough people are willing to vote for them, it seems, because everybody suffers under this wasted vote syndrome. They feel like they got to vote for the lesser of two evils, even though we've seen time and time again that the lesser of two evils just still gives us evil, and it's not really any that different between one side or the other. Okay, can, I, can I add some more? Yeah, of course. Theodore Roosevelt is the only president, the second time he's the vice president, the only president in American history that ran independent, like third party and won. The only. Theodore Roosevelt. Did the Bull Moose Party win? Well, I don't know what kind of party he belonged to, but he was he was like the only one that that won third party. Hmm. If I if I don't get if I don't have my history incorrect. Well, it, it could be true. I mean, they might have might have actually given third parties a fair shake back then, uh, whereas nowadays the Republicans and Democrats have written the rules to where third parties are completely excluded from any kind of fairness in this competition. It's hard for them well, to get on the ballot. Thing. It's hard for them to get into debates. And then even as we saw in the most recent election in 2022, uh, even when they are allowed into a debate, as Shane Hazel was down in Georgia, the Libertarian Party's gubernatorial candidate down there, uh, Shane Hazel was, he didn't even get into 1%. Of the vote, even and after he did great, and it was getting like viral. Like people were sharing that all over the place. Like right. his answers in the debates. He and did a I really thought, good job. I thought that there was going to be more than a percent. Yep, one percent. Not even one percent. I think it was point seven, if yeah. I recall correctly. So, I mean, I, I wish I could be more optimistic, uh, but generally, I don't think there is much optimism to be had for the future also just- of freedom in the United States. As a poor person, I never felt that I was being helped by some president. I never even thought that way. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, what could they do to help me or change like my situation? Like, whenever they were giving out uh, money during COVID, I was making at least just as much money doing Uber Eats because that went like crazy because people didn't want to leave their houses, mm-hmm. and I didn't have to be like, oh, I got this money from the government. I owe the government my money. Yes, Renee. Two more things, please. Yes. One, uh, I found out on my own that I don't know what's wrong with American culture. People inspired me. If you get certificates and move to another job, that's the only way you get better than some jobs. And the second thing is, once again, I think I asked somebody that might have been y'all, what happened to all this? Uh, giveaway money for COVID when my taxes came, they took it back. Is it in a slush fund? Is it, I don't know where it went to. Did it help make soluble the nation's debt? It It went to all the big corporations. Uh, The money they handed out. The United States government is $31 trillion in debt. Uh, No, it just crossed 32. $32 $32 trillion yep. in debt. Ding, ding. Yep, yep. Um, it's never been more in debt in its life. This is the only organization that can steal money wholesale but still be in debt. 
Thank you, Renee, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. The number here is uh, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Yeah, yeah, remember, it was, what, uh, two weeks ago that they came to their big agreement, which everybody knew they were going to come to. There was all this hubbub over, oh, God, the government might shut down. And, of course, they avoided that and uh, and raised the debt ceiling. I believe. I believe they suspended the debt ceiling until 2025, which means it is open season for government spending between now and uh, and the next election. Yeah, I mean, the this is the equivalent of having, uh, you know, a crack addict uncle and him I just coming and, coming and demanding money from you again mm-hmm. and you being like, well, no, I don't think I'm going to do it this time. And he's like, I'm going to be back here at the end of the week and you better have my money and giving it to him this time these people produce nothing they are have have shown them demonstrated themselves to be completely self-interested to the point of evil and the united states they have the united states people convinced convinced that if they don't give more money to these crooked thieves that somehow the whole world's just going to collapse yeah i uh unfortunately we're in a situation in the united states where you know, I don't think there is any future for freedom in the United States, with the exception of perhaps the Free State Project, where if you get enough people together of a like mindset, you may actually have a chance. I was just actually on Gardner Goldsmith's show uh, just before we started Free Talk Live. He had me on. He's doing a regular show uh, again, Mark. I don't know if you were aware of that, but no, I uh, wasn't. Old Guard Dog's back. He's at very it. talented. Yeah, he very is. talented. He's back. What's at his it. website? Uh, I don't know off uh, the top. Liberty of Liberty Conspiracy. I, that's the name of his show, but I don't know uh, what the what the web URL is. But he's on, uh, I think he's on Rothkin, which I'd never heard of before, and he's on Rumble. So I bet you if you look for Gardner Goldsmith on Rumble there. And I'll, I'll get a link up. Actually, if, if you go to freetalklive.com, I did post my previous interview with Gard there, and I bet you, you'd be able to find pre- uh, past episodes if you go and link to wherever that thing is. So just go to freetalklive.com. Yeah, I just uh, searched Liberty Conspiracy Gardner Goldsmith and came up with uh, Gardner Goldsmith uh, Substack and yep, stuff yep, like that. Yep, there you go. Yeah, so he's he's back at it. And we were talking about the Democrat uh, chairman here in New Hampshire who wrote a letter to RFK Jr., which we read, I think it was Friday night on the show. He wrote a letter to RFK Jr. trying to convince him not to attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival and not to speak to the libertarians there at the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Who did that? This was the chairman of the Democratic Party of New I Hampshire. <laughs> this is the, the party that uh, is doing everything to keep RFK Jr. down. Correct. Is asking him not to t- talk to the libertarians. That's right. And, of course, it was just basically an unintentional endorsement of the Free State Project and how these people are getting really powerful in right. the state. These people are really influential. They're really dangerous, you know, terminology like that. Very similar to what we saw in the NBC Boston documentary series when they interviewed the haters of the Free State Project there at NBCBoston.com slash Free State. But, I mean, this is the chairman of the Democratic Party railing against the Free State Project. And I pointed out to Guard, as uh, as we did last week and we discussed this, it's like this is proof positive that the Free Staters are having an effect here. The Democratic Party chairman in every other state, all the other 49 states, 
Not a single Democratic Party chairman has ever written any kind of letter in regards to what the Libertarian Party... Watch out for those Libertarians! Yeah, never. It's never happened. I do agree with you on this, Ian, but I would caution you with your uh, elation, right? Um, What happens with political parties as they get more popular is they make more compromises well that's what exactly what the free state project is doing inviting rfk to speak there at all i think it's it's just like if we're a small group of people we're unpopular and we want to be more popular we should do it on our own merit not look we got the democrats and republicans to hang out with us yeah doesn't make you more popular makes you a loser who doesn't understand to be how to be cool on your own merits Yep, and you're right, Mark. Compromise is sort of the nature of the political process, and it's one of the things that is disgusting. Uh, and that's why presidents that. tend to be moderates. I mean, if you look at Barack Obama pre-election, he's not a moderate dude. But you look at him post-election, he had a pretty moderate pre- presidency by all standards. Basically, Trump did, too. Like, Trump was running, and he, everybody was like, he's going to make Milo Yiannopoulos his spokesperson, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. And then he put in a bunch of swamp creatures and basically did nothing that he said he would do. He didn't build a wall. He just needs four more years, Bonnie. Oh, yeah. And then he wanted to be king of the swamp, not to drain it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as it turns out. Uh, So if you want to comment, you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. Let's go to Ricky in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you there, Brother Ian, Brother Mark, Miss Bonnie. Good evening. What's on your mind, Ricky? Well, I heard you talking about hackers, and this is something related. And I'll probably say a little bit about this to those that are unfamiliar. Now, in 2017, uh, before my dramatic disappearance off the planet, in 18, I was named most unique personality hit the internet in a decade on Skype Underground. <laughs> wow. Right? Now, what are they? Well, they're not for the faint of heart. First of all, they're anything goes, but also it's hacker paradise. It can be quite a bit dangerous. But Okay, so you're be- saying hackers named you the most unique personality on the Internet? No, not ha- – well, yes, they're all – everybody's a hacker on there, but people like Andy Christ, Twitch, I don't know who that is. Zero. Now, that's what the point of this story is. Just to give an inkling of like when things come to hacking. Now, my friend Zero was a close friend of mine. He was the most famous hacker ever to hit the underground on Skype. And we did have the group, the Confederacy. Now, we were very close. Now, sometimes we'd be in the room alone, though, and we'd talk. And I remember, I can't talk about the goings on in there, but I will say this. He would in say the same bedroom? Re- no, a chat room. No, uh, well, you know, your audio, video, things like that. Mm-hmm. But see, he would say to me, say, Rick, and he'd get upset and a little emotional because he would do things. And he'd say, I don't know if it's okay. He knows it's not all right. And he'd feel bad. See, it's okay What's to talk right? about it. Well, it's okay to talk about it because he may not be even around anymore. Mm. Uh, he was terminal with cancer. Okay. And he would do, he would do things. Uh, that even he, when it came to hacking, didn't feel good about. Like what? And this is where it comes to, well, let's say things involving money. Reason why? He says, Rick, I do it so I can have my medication. And that was the reason. We're not talking just hacking Netflix for a little freebie or a pizza, a little Mm -hmm. worse than that. You know, and that's something to really think about. And I would say to him, well, Zero, you, you know, 
Yeah, you're right. But you know what? And it's a thin line. I don't think so. I think it's a clear, bright, neon orange line that you don't harm other people just for your own benefit and saying, oh, I'm just doing my job. Oh, I just need to feed my family. I just need to buy my cancer medication. Doesn't make it right. Would you allow, would you just let the man die? I just think he has other options. How? I don't know. I don't know his whole life. He could ask people. He could do nothing but hack and take money from people. It was its only option. Yeah, I well, mean, I don't feel real hackers, bad. Hackers, uh, this term is is widely used, and who knows exactly what it means, but hackers often do white hat hacking mm-hmm. where they show companies their insecurities and get paid get for paid. it. Get paid. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think you're right, well, Bonnie. There are options that. out there, Ricky, for this guy. Uh, had he wanted to, he wanted to do the hacking, and you know that's what he ended up doing, it sounds like. Well, now, I don't feel bad if it's a federal government target, but on the other hand, if they're paying a ransom, it's just coming out of the taxpayers' pockets. So, well, like, I thought of that, too, when you guys were saying that, and I totally agree with what you were saying about Anonymous and some of these guys, because I've heard them talk before, and they said things about, quote, conspiracy that are just dead wrong. But one thing I will say, an interesting note, I am going to next month when I get my new device, go back down the rabbit hole into the underground groups, and I'll tell you why. There's a very long piece of footage that uh, one of the people by the name of Nick actually shot of me in all my getup, everything, the hat, the duster, the Southern Cross, playing with my 45, cocking it back and loading it. It was uploaded to YouTube, and I never paid any mind to it. You know, I'd have to find out a description to ever find it, you know. But I'm going to be going down the rabbit hole next month and looking up some more. Well, nice knowing you, Ricky. Thanks for the call tonight. He's going down the rabbit hole. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We are talking earlier. Has anyone this- ever found these videos of Ricky in his uh, leather duster know. with his 44 and... Uh- Wearing a, a Confederate flag as a cape or whatever. He says on his back. Thing. I'm not sure what he means by that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but we were talking earlier in the show tonight about these uh, hackers who are apparently freezing some computer mm. systems uh, within the U.S. federal government. I think it was the Department of Energy, if I recall correctly, has, it sounds like, in uh, you know they've come down with some ransomware. Uh, they've been infected. And uh, for listeners that don't know what ransomware is, it essentially locks out your files. It infects your computer system. It makes it so you cannot use the computer system at all. Um, Wait, this is related to the same hackers that we listened to their video? No, doesn't appear to be related. Oh, okay. Uh, this, so the hackers from the video we were listening to, which we couldn't find any evidence that they've actually had success, they had said they were going to be attacking, uh, attacking the European banking system. The hackers who are actually in the news for doing things are just simply what appears to be a ransomware group. And, you know, these guys don't have any kind of principles, right? Like, they're just out to get money. They just want to lock up people's computers, so they go and get Monero, and then pay the ransom, and then they unlock the computers. So it's not like they're going to shut down the government bureaucracies permanently. They're going to they're going to get likely going to get paid. I mean, because unless they have backups of all of their systems, which they should, but you know, not everybody has those things as much as you would like to believe. So uh, if you don't have a backup of your computer system, you may want to consider doing that and you know, investing in whatever kind of backup uh, hardware or backup software that you need to make sure you can make what they call uh, off-site backups, or at the very least. 
a on-site backup that is on a physical drive disconnected from your computer because if they uh, if you get infected with ransomware and you don't have a backup you basically have to pay you have to pay because otherwise the only other option is that you take your backup you wipe out your system entirely which will kill the ransomware but it also kills your entire system so you have to have uh, those files somewhere that you can get access to so if you haven't taken the time to do this this is a learning opportunity for you to Keep those critical files somewhere. There are online backup systems that cost very, very little. I think there probably are some free ones, but you probably want to pay for it, especially if you have some very important files and very important, you know, uh, whether it's your graphics or documents, the things that you really need to keep safe. Uh, Yeah, they may hit. They do hit average people with this stuff. It's not only the government agencies that end up. They're happy to take ransom from anybody. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Now, they're going to adjust the ransom that they charge based on who they think the victim is. So if it's your, you know, you're just an average person, they're not going to hit you as hard as they're going to hit the federal government Department of Education, right? Like the Department of Education may have to pay $100,000, I don't know, I'm just picking a number out of thin air, uh, in Monero, and the average person may only have to pay, you know, $500 or or, or $1,000. If someone is in their car smoking weed, driving around listening to this episode, I apologize for Mark's for alarm. the Mexico Mexico City police <laughs> there in the in the background. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what we were talking about earlier tonight. You can join the show here if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. And Bonnie, you had a story tonight about the... The nice thing about Mexico City is is I hear a siren and I'm not scared. Indeed. Uh, (laughs) Bonnie, you had a story about apparently the latest FBI target of the Muslim variety. Somebody who they roped in, as they've been doing for the last two decades, roped into another quote-unquote terrorist plot... That we've heard about so many times on the air over the years, Mark. You and I must have reported on three dozen of these in the last two decades. And there's there's been at least 200 uh, as of the last time we reported on this, which was like several years ago, of these incidents where they just find some sucker and they manage to gin that person up into a quote-unquote terrorist. There are things in this story that make it even worse than the average one. Really? Like... Yeah, it's bad when they do it to any normally capable 30-year-old man, mm-hmm. but this is a 16-year-old with a with brain development issues. Mm-hmm. And they were taking money from him for years, then they waited till he turned 18 and they're like, "Oh, wow. gotcha, we were actually feds the whole time online." So what happened? So this is from the Intercept. The FBI groomed, really grooming, mm. a 16-year-old with brain development issues to become a terrorist. The Department of Justice last week, and this was written on the 16th, announced the arrest of a teenager in Massachusetts on allegations of providing financial support to the Islamic State group. Hmm. A flurry of reports picked up on the arrest of Matteo Ventura, an 18-year-old resident of the sleepy town of Wakefield, echoing government claims that an international terrorist financier and ISIS supporter had just been busted in the United States. Hmm. They make that sound a teenage so. Financier. Yeah, they make that sound. How much money could they possibly be getting from this teenager? <laughs> Can't be more than a few thousand dollars, would be my guess. The Department of Justice's own press release on the case likewise trumpeted Ventura's arrest for 
quote, knowingly concealing the source of material support or resources that he intended to go to a foreign terrorist organization. Hmm. Uh, they really took his money, too. The only problem with the case, however, uh, and how it has been described, however, is that according to the government's own criminal complaint, Ventura had never actually funded any terrorist group. The only terrorist he is accused of ever being in contact with was an undercover FBI agent who befriended him online as a 16-year-old, solicited small cash donations in the form of gift cards, <laughs> and directed him not to tell anyone else about their intimate online relationship, including his family. It sounds like this FBI agent was running an unlicensed money transmitting business. <laughs> That's what it's exactly what it sounds yeah, it like. The arrest has shaken his family, who denied allegations that their son was a terrorist and said that he had been manipulated by the FBI. Yeah, that's what sounds it sounds right. like. Yeah, you know, it, this reminds me, um, Ian, I think you remember it. <clears throat> I'm sure you remember it. Some of these people that were being manipulated by the scammers in your case, yeah. they said that no matter what, they would still provide money to these people. Yeah, they would do anything. They gave them an ear to listen to. Yep, uh, we're going to talk more about this and what happened to this young man coming up here in moments. Hour number two is on the way. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the show here. You can bring up anything you want. Coming up, Mark's going to tell us about the end of The Punisher. Apparently, long-time comic book series is being canceled, and we'll get into why that is uh, coming up here in a bit. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. We're also into or just, just barely scratching the surface of a story uh, that Bonnie brought in here tonight regarding the latest uh, FBI taking advantage of somebody who probably was less than intelligent is going to be my guess. That's what we've seen with some of these other ones in the past where they just they take advantage of lonely people. They take advantage of people who are just not that bright and then they turn them into quote-unquote terrorists. We'll continue with that story here in a moment as well. Let's go to the phones, though. We've got Tim on the line in Florida. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, actually, my comment is on that very story, and I'm I'm so happy that you brought this story up because no, I don't really know of very many other people that are talking about it. Um, yeah. So I, I listened to The Last American Vagabond, 
uh, this guy named Ryan Christian. He was actually talking about it recently. And uh, what he brought up, I don't know if you noticed or had a chance to bring it up, but basically they asked this kid to do whatever. You know, they, they basically had a CIA operative uh, that, you know, was like, you know, his first language was, you know, he had like a Muslim accent and he was, he was you know, grooming this kid. Yes, grooming. Bonnie, you're correct. And uh, basically they tried to get him to do something with, I think, it, with explosives. And instead, check this out. The kid called the FBI. He really? called their explosives division and he reported the dude. Whoa. So that wasn't good enough for them. And they continued to hound to push him. him. It's, wow. Yep. It's just, it's like with you, but it's worse because well, this kid doesn't have his mind, you know? That puts, that would put, if they went through with him getting, you know, reporting them and then leaving him alone, you know, that puts them in the position of being the bad guy. Like they're getting, the yeah. ones getting reported, uh, they want to make it out to make it look like they're doing good for the country. Everything they do. It's like, we saved people from getting scammed from Ian Freeman. And if you dig a little deeper, you'll see that they're actually not going after actual scammers or just going after Ian Freeman. Well, putting a seven-year-old's life in danger, the FBI, um, while all of this investigation was going on, refused to investigate a guy who threatened to harm me and my family repeatedly, who had Mm -hmm. uh, demonstrated an acquisition of weapons and said how he was going to use them. This, this, this. And then when I hired private security they told the private security that i did it myself and that uh, they weren't going to get involved at all but boy by god they'll get a bitcoin salesman mm-hmm. what do you mean uh, that they told them that you did it yourself that um, essentially by taking james Whitekind's telephone calls that we uh, you know set all this up now, mind you, they had just investigated and taken down a guy who had gone after the um, Ben Shapiro um, and you know, decided that somehow I didn't rank me, the host that was next on the list of the talkers list down from Shapiro. Just not good enough. Yep. Sounds about right. Hey, so, so, so to bring it back to this kid, I, I did have an interjection. And, you know, when I was listening to Mark, I. I I may have forgotten it, and if I have, then I'm just going to have to drop off the line and call back tomorrow. But uh, let's let's see if I can get it back in like five seconds. Um, I'm going to call back tomorrow, but it was important, unless you want to keep me on. Was it about, uh, you know, the kid reporting the bomb threats? They kept uh, hounding him, you said? Right. Yeah, so he, he reported the bomb threat, and then they continued to come after him. And then I had said something like, oh, it's similar to... Your situation, Ian, you know, except the kid was developmentally disabled. But, uh, you know, this was the FBI, right? I'm going to call you back tomorrow about right, the Tim. story because it's really important and I don't want to waste, waste waste the phone time. No worries, man. Right? Thanks for the uh, the call. Yep. I don't know if we're going to be live tomorrow. Uh, it all depends on what happens from the campground. We are doing a special live show here tonight to uh, give the folks up at the campground at Rogers Campground, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, uh, time to get another show in the can. That way we've got one for Wednesday uh, when Bonnie and I are expected to make the trip up to Rogers Campground again. So that's the only reason we're doing a show tonight. Uh, there is a small chance we'll have to do one tomorrow as well. So either way, I'm sure we'll hear back from Tim uh, when the uh, the time is right. So, Bonnie, you were telling us about this young man. He's based in Massachusetts, although he may now be in a prison cell in Massachusetts. 
They started to talk to him. The FBI started to talk to him while he was 16 years old about what? Do we know any more about the background on this? How did they get his well, attention? Were they in like a video game chat room or something? Like, first, you know, the article explains like the kid's backstory. Here's a quote from his dad. And, you know, their family denies the allegation that their son was a terrorist. So mm-hmm. here's a quote from his dad. It says he was born prematurely. He had brain development issues. I had the school do a neuro evaluation on him, and they said his brain was underdeveloped. He was suffering endlessly from or endless bullying at school mm. with other kids taking food off his plate, tripping him in the hallway, humiliating him, laughing at him. Wow. So this is, this is like a prime. The government's been great to this kid, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just a prime uh, person for them to grab somebody who doesn't have friends, somebody who, you know, wants acceptance, right. somebody who can't like think the same way we can possibly with their brain development issue. A total victim. Says, contrary to the sensational narrative fed to the news media of terrorist of a terrorist finance, uh, financing in the U.S., the charging documents show that Ventura gave an undercover FBI agent gift cards for pitifully small amounts of cash, sometimes $25 increments. I mean, this kid doesn't sound like he can hold a job together. So, I mean, where is he getting this money from at all? Is he supposed to be scraping it together from his parents? The FBI scamming the kid out of his lunch money. That's, Let's yeah. be That's serious. The only thing about. they can do at this point is take developmentally disabled. And uh, what's what's the term for that? Um, I don't retarded? know what the nice way of saying it. Right, retarded, right? What's a, a nice way of saying that? I don't even Slow? know. All they can do is take slow kids and build cases around them at this point. Yeah, it's pathetic. It took him years years well, they had to, to get wait. They had to wait till enough gift cards they, from a 16-year-old kid. They had to wait till he was 18 because otherwise it wouldn't be a real crime. Right? Uh, so they waited patiently until he turned 18 and then they swooped in to save the country from this terrorist financier. Says, in his initial bid to travel to the Islamic State, the teenager balked, making up an excuse by the FBI's own account to explain why he did not want to go. When another opportunity, well, he didn't want to go to the t- uh, the Islamic State, huh. right? It's just like uh, how serious uh, should the average person take this story? Well, I'll <laughs> well they should take this story very seriously. But um, you know, what the the FBI's case, how seriously should they take that? Not terribly. Their story, yeah. yeah, ultimately, it it sounds yeah, very much like. Can you trust like- a jury to do the right thing in this case? They should have swept this whole thing under the carpet, but somebody's career's hanging on the line, right? Well, I, I've got three years into this. I got to take that down this uh, retarded 16, 18-year-old. You know, what else can I do? It says, when another opportunity to travel abroad arose, Ventura balked again, staying home on the evening of his supposed flight instead of traveling to the airport. By the time the investigation was winding down, he appeared ready to turn in his purported ISIS contact, hmm. an FBI agent, to the FBI. Um, but he didn't, or maybe he did, and it didn't matter. It's going on to explain that, like, this is oh, just one of many cases like this. Yep, there's been hundreds of these cases. I mean, not all involving developmentally disabled teenagers, but hundreds of these cases where they set somebody up to be a fake terrorist. Uh, they get them a fake bomb, or they get them some fake guns, or whatever, and they well, have they- them. It's not just uh, dozens of cases. It's all of the cases. Yes. Right? The FBI has not had a case where they've nabbed a terrorist that they didn't fund, groom, train, supply. 
I mean, that's all they've got. Yeah, they've they've and made at this, this point from whole they've cloth. gotten to the they've they've gotten to the bottom of the Muslim barrel to the point that they have to go after a developmentally <laughs> disabled kid. Right. And I'm I'm sorry to keep on stressing this point, ladies and gentlemen, but we would never allow this under any other circumstances. It's simply because it's the FBI that we let them do this, and this is just somebody trying to forward their career by incarcerating a developmentally disabled kid. Yeah, it's sick. This is lame. Lame at the highest order. And I know these people have been after me in the past. And I know they're going to do it again. Or oh, you just called one of our special agents a retard to Hunter, a retard groomer. Well, yeah, that's what you guys are. I mean, you're a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, unprofessional, murdering, child pornography distributing retard nabbers. Mm. I mean, really, at this point, where would the United States be without this organization? And we'd if be we fine. just shut the whole thing down. Yeah, we'd be totally fine. I mean, there's it's not like the state police couldn't work with one another to catch state criminals, right? Like somebody crossing from Florida into Georgia. I mean, you don't need the FBI for that. Well, and, and the United States federal government has plenty of policing agencies. It doesn't sure. need the FBI. Indeed. Oh. Paul Ventura, the guy's dad, said that in 20, uh, 2021, armed FBI agents visited his home, informed him that his son had been browsing websites, quote, that he shouldn't be looking at, and connected him with what they said was a counselor. After the initial visit, he said he had no knowledge of his son's ongoing communications with the FBI undercover agent online. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, the FBI came to my house and they took his computer and said he's on these sites he shouldn't be on. We said, okay. And he wasn't arrested at that time or anything. I didn't hear from them again after that, but I guess over time things escalated, said Paul Ventura. I wasn't home a lot because I work, and he wasn't at school because of the bullying. Instead of them telling me what he was doing online and to take his computer away, they let him keep doing it. I wonder what's the why they said, uh, you know, that they well, claimed was a counselor. When Paul thinks that uh, that the policing agencies have your son's best interest in heart, I mean, it sounds to me like the FBI did far more than they've done for anybody else in this circumstance. You mean by approaching the parent? Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of these stories. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, if I, I wish Paul would have taken his son's computer away. Sounds like they took the computer, but. Later. I don't know. I guess I was a little confused on that. Um, it it says, sounded like they took it then when they came to visit, but oh, I don't know. Well, obviously, he got another computer at some point, but it sounds like Dad didn't take it as seriously as maybe he should have. Yeah, kind of, yeah. In, in August 2021, when he was 16 years old, Ventura began communicating with an undercover FBI agent online. He told the agent of his desire to make a hijra or migrate to the to territories under control of the Islamic State. So I guess it's like a Hajj. Where no, you no, go- no. Hajj is no, religious. No. That's where you uh, go to a place, though, is what I'm saying. But in his... Well, Hajj is specifically to- a religious pilgrimage for Muslims where you go to uh, the Kaaba. Mecca. Right? I know that. And I'm okay. making the, the Well, our listeners may not know that. that. She said a different word, Hijra or something. Yeah, I'm saying... She did. She it, did, but... It would be like that in 
this twisted boy's mind. Like Maybe. I'm going to go there. You make uh, a joining you the migrate. Islamic State is a little different, right? Like yeah, I said to... it was exactly the same. I wasn't just trying to explain to okay. the listenership what it was like. Anyways, he wanted to make a like a visit to the Islamic State. That's what he told the FBI agent online when he first met him. Well, just to be clear, that is a uh, criminal act in the United States, and going on a Hajj is just a religious thing. Yeah, that's all. By the time of the discussion, ISIS had been largely vanquished in its home territories of Iraq and Syria, though it is not clear whether Ventura had been aware of this. Yeah, he might just be like, I don't know, you know how schizophrenics, they'll just be like, they'll put two ideas together that don't really even make sense because they heard this somewhere and that somewhere. Mm -hmm. Might have not had any possibility of being able to make this hijra at all. It might have not even been a place for him to go. He might have not even known what he was talking about, but, well, he's a terrorist now. But now it's time to throw him in the pokey. Yep. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, how do you think your tax money is going to be spent with this uh, kid with developmentally disabled problems um, in a federal prison? Do you think that's going to go well? Do you think he's going to cost more, less, or about the same as any other convict? Because I'm going to guess more. More. Mm -hmm. According to the Department of Justice complaint, an undercover FBI agent impersonating an ISIS member communicated to the 16-year-old in broken English, encouraging his decision and expressly telling him not to inform anyone else about their online conversations, including friends and family. The criminal complaint in the case describes the exchange between Ventura and OCE, or the FBI employee acting as an undercover capacity. Ventura says, I reached out to brother, and I guess it took out the name, for Hijra. I don't know if it is still possible, but if it is, I know it will take some time. And OCE says, ah, inshallah, I help you. But before talk, have rule, my brother. Like obviously trying to sound like someone who doesn't really speak English. Mm -hmm. You must no talk about what said here or intention to anyone. No tell family. No tell friend. No tell brothers at Majid, which I guess is a mosque, it says. Mm -hmm. A masjid. No one. This for both our safety. Intentions stay between you and Allah. And uh, I right. wouldn't want to bring your family into this decision making and, you know, possibly get talked out of it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he talked himself out of it at some point, and the FBI wasn't up for that either. <laughs> I mean, you know, did, did they buy him a plane ticket and I he didn't did. show up? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's, it sounds like that's what they're upset about. Like, we spent like $3,000. <laughs> It says, uh, Ventura continued chatting with the undercover agent about what he could do for ISIS, including potentially fighting for them in a foreign country. The two settled on him buying a $25 Google Play gift card and sending <laughs> and that's that's it. There's, code. there's your terrorist financing right there. At the FBI's direction, the 16-year-old also recorded an audio file of himself elaborately pledging allegiance to the leader of ISIS and transmitting the audio recording over the chat. Maybe that's another charge or... It's, I, I wonder know. if it's possible if this kid thought he was somehow, you know, getting uh, scamming the other guy, like that he was going to, you know, turn him in mm -hmm. or, you know, he was bad and he was trying to gather evidence. Who knows what people think? Mm -hmm. Well, over That's the next question. two years, Ventura continued sending small amounts of cash through gift cards to the FBI agent, mostly through gaming stores like Steam, PlayStation <laughs> Network and Google Play. <laughs> I wonder what ISIS is doing with uh, yeah. Steam cards. <laughs> yeah. 
It says they they added up to a total of nine hundred and sixty five dollars. Okay. During the time that he was a almost juvenile. broke a thousand. They just could, the FBI just couldn't get the kid to break a thousand dollars. Well, it was another seven hundred five after he became a legal adult. Seven hundred five. So, so you know 1600? less. Yeah, sixteen hundred. All the while, Ventura's conversations with the FBI undercover operative online continued, including promises to make a passport and assurances that he would teach himself Arabic very fast in case he traveled to Egypt on behalf of the group. In the end, Ventura appeared to get cold feet. In September 2022, when he was 17 years old, he told the agent he could no longer go for hijrah because he had been hurt very bad in a fall and can no longer walk. The injury was an excuse that the FBI, which according to the affidavit in the case, interviewed Ventura six days thereafter, concluded had been made up by the team. (laughs) In January, he made up like the agent was making up everything that he was right. saying, scamming the kid out of. Uh, oh, you! Oh, that's another charge. He yeah. lied to the FBI. Oh my god! That's another criminal charge right there. I don't. Yeah, well, Martha I don't Stewart, so. right? I don't think so. Only because the, he was acting undercover, right? I don't know. Well, that's a good question. At is this it? point, the kid never sent money to terrorists either. Doesn't matter. All that matters is what he believed. And it's the same situation with the uh, charge they hit me with, with regards to quote unquote money laundering with the undercover agent. The undercover who you doesn't refuse have to, to be sell to. Who I did refuse to sell to. But right. the way that. A jury of your peers are so unqualified to judge the law that they decided that something that you didn't do, you did do. Yeah, but the the nature of that particular charge requires the individual to believe that the undercover agent is indeed a drug dealer and that the money is proceeds from the illegal activity. If you do not believe those things, then in theory, you should not be convicted of uh, the charge, even if you did go uh, go through with it. Of course, that doesn't matter. And this next part is just... It's proof that this kid is not in the right frame of mind, isn't making decisions that make any sense. It's just ridiculous. It says, in January 2023, just after his 18th birthday, Ventura got back in touch with the FBI agent on the encrypted messaging platform. It doesn't say which one. Apologizing for not being uh, communicative in previous months after his supposed injury. Ventura again said he wanted to travel Hmm. to the Islamic State. The pair discussed the possibility of him dying in an attack by ISIS fighters somewhere in the world or attending a training camp. At the FBI undercover operative's direction, Ventura took a video of himself and sent it over the chat, telling the agent that he had a beard now. The FBI agent praised the performance and said Ventura was strong and looks like a lion. (laughs) Ventura sent the FBI operative another $25 Google Play gift certificate, which he was assured would be used for the... For, for, sorry, which he was assured would be used for jihad before. Inshallah. Download... Thank you for the $25 gift card, brother. He's going to download look like a lion. the uh, jihad app on Google Play Store. <laughs> <laughs> before trying and failing to book several flights due to apparent lack of access to a credit card. On April 10th, 2023, Ventura finally succeeded in booking a Turkish Airlines flight to Egypt. But instead of boarding the flight or even leaving his residence on the night it was scheduled, Ventura contacted the FBI's National Threat Operations Center and reported a tip, stating in a rambling message that he wanted $10 million in duffel bags, I think that's spelled wrong, in exchange for information on future terrorist attacks. (laughs) Wait, this part is crazy. Quote, I known... You thought I am retarded, fool, but joke's on you. I will not admit I sent this or communicate 
until the cash is delivered. The message said. So it's like he was trying to scam. He's trying to extort the FBI. Extort the FBI. <laughs> so. Oh God. And he said, "I known you thought I am retarded to the FBI. Like, why did why did he think that? Because they had kind of came to his house before, and then they, they had, had a counselor. What the uh, um, you know what this guy's thinking? Right. We don't have any idea. Yeah. Wow. Yep, it says, by this time, in the investigation, Ventura had not only seemingly developed cold feet about joining the group, but appeared eager to sell out his supposed ISIS contact to law enforcement. For a cool $10 million. <laughs> In duffel, <laughs> in duffel bags. bags. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd got a bunch of duffel bags on his door, $10 million <laughs> worth, he'd have been real upset. So he got um, a letter back, I guess. He was, oh no, a fo- phone call from the FBI, and he told he was uh, told that the information... More than I got. Yeah, he was told that the information he had provided was not specific and therefore not actionable. So I guess they didn't just arrest him that day. No, they had to get a few more gift cards from him first. Yeah, they did. They got another $45 (laughs) Google Play gift card from him. The number here if you want to join the show, 603-283-6160. I mean, does anybody hear this story out there listening and think, boy, good thing we got the FBI protecting us from these terrorists. Is there anybody who actually thinks this was the right thing for them to do? Anyone at all? The number is 603-283-6160. Ah, it's Free Talk Live. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about a dark, dark terror plot that the FBI has uncovered. They saved us. Actually, no, they didn't. They completely cooked it up from uh, the word go with a teenager who they were easily able to take advantage of because the teenager is developmentally disabled in some way. A 16-year-old who they recruited online in some form. It's not clear exactly how they met him. Uh, Probably like, you know, in some video game chat room or something like that, because that tends to be where teenage boys hang out, I would think. Uh, And they managed to convince him to give them some money because they are ISIS and they want to do terrorism and they need a Steam gift card in order to fund their terrorist operations. And this uh, young young man purchased a $25 Steam gift card and then subsequently a Google Play gift card and like a PlayStation, PlayStation 5 yeah. uh, gift card, all on the idea that this was going to benefit the Islamic State. And Bonnie has been telling us this story from The Intercept, which always does really good reporting on stuff like this. He he was assured that the Steam and PlayStation gift cards were going to be used for jihad. Yes. It'd be indeed. jihad of the angry birds against the pigs. Even though he decided he didn't really want to go and join the Islamic State physically by traveling to uh, whatever location they allegedly are located in that the FBI wanted him to travel. Uh, they wanted him to buy a ticket. They wanted him to get on a plane. That way he would have taken physical steps towards actually going to the Islamic State, which would have been its own other separate criminal charge. But he ultimately uh, decided not to do that. He decided he'd rather stay at home with his parents or whatever it was that uh, kept him at home. 
that's kind of a recap of the story so far. They ended up arresting him and charging him with terrorist financing, essentially, which is, of course, a felony. Surprisingly, only one count of it. I'm surprised they didn't hit him with one count for every gift card that uh, yeah, that's what he I was had thinking. sent over there. Dean, Bonnie, and Mark here, by the way, joining you tonight. The number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. And I want to say thanks to Jesse Cruz, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. Uh, Jesse is silver level, which means he's doing five bucks a month. That helps us to advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. It helps us get the show on more great radio stations around the country and bring new listeners on board with the ideas of liberty. So if you appreciate the work that we do here uh, join Jesse over at amps.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up through our Patreon there with your debit card or your credit card or PayPal account. Once again, that's amps.freetalklive.com. And we get some perks, or rather you get some perks, uh, by joining that particular program. And we definitely appreciate the support. Thank you, Jesse. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Bonnie, there's more to the story you wanted to share. Yeah, it says... Although news reports echo the Justice Department's portrayal of the arrest as the foiling of a nascent Islamic State funding operation in the U.S., there is no indication in the allegations against him that Ventura had ever been in touch with the terrorist group at all. That's correct. Ventura, I don't think that'll matter, though. Hmm. To the jury? Yeah, it only matters that. Well, again, I don't get to a jury. I don't have the I don't have the charge in front of me. uh, Whatever terrorist financing charge. But usually when it comes to the federal government pretending to be a thing, whether it be a drug dealer or a terrorist or whatever, as long as the victim, in this case this young young man, believed it was true, yep. then that's all. It's, it's essentially a thought crime, and they put people behind bars for this all the time. The, the charge is knowingly concealing the source of material support or resources to a foreign terrorist organization. That's a bit of a mouthful. It's probably hey, concealing... Ian. What's the likelihood that this is Phil Christiana's uh, little subgroup that's doing this? Well, apparently this dude was in Massachusetts, so I would say uh, fairly high. Hmm. And Phil, to our knowledge, sent in uh, more than one sort of uh, undercover to buy guns Mm -hmm. from free staters and set them up for terrorist stuff. They yes. failed that, but he did ultimately get uh, silly little charges. And I mean, there's there's some uh, parallels in this case. Mm hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Phil Christiana, uh, who is the head agent that's been investigating the Free State Project, is the agent in charge of this this case. It's the same kind of clawing, pathetic work. Yeah. I think so. How could you actually believe, like, oh, I'm doing something good for the world by locking up a 16, well, 18-year-old that you groomed since he was 16 Who's retarded? This, the same guy thought that it was a good idea that uh, you know to have my seven-year-old son in danger. They didn't care. I mean, anything, anything for the for the slightest, tiniest conviction. What's it going to take for the American people to start thinking like, "Wow, Nothing. these people don't you know work for us. These Zero. Don't do anything They'll- for us." You know, I, I the more the more I live, the more I'm in tune with the uh, you know the the folks out there that just call everybody else sheep. Oh, yeah. It's never going to stop. I mean, like, what? what is the cascade of events that would finally get rid of the FBI? Come on. Mm-hmm. Once these people are entrenched, they're entrenched. You can't get rid of and them. And they're not going anywhere. No. The only thing one can do is pick up, pack your bags, and leave the United States and let that boat sink. Well, that's one thing you can do. I mean, well, another option would be sink. to secede from the United States, but you know, it's not an easy task. 
Well, now Ventura faces up to 10 years in prison if convicted of the charges of providing material support to a terrorist group. 10 years. They'll offer him a year. Mm -hmm. He'll take it. And this is the end of the story. Mm. Good chance of it. Says cases of ISIS operatives being arrested in the U.S. have become increasingly rare following the group's defeat several years ago (laughs) in Iraq and Syria. Even at the peak of the ISIS's uh, influence, many terrorism cases have been criticized for utilizing entrapment and grooming tactics against people that seem to cross the line into both encouraging and facilitating them to break the law. So, I mean, that's obviously what's going on here. Mm-hmm. They groomed a person who's legally, you know, according to them, a child. And he was also developmentally behind a regular 16-year-old. Yeah, I'm looking here to see if I can find the actual charge. Um, but it's it's not just popping out when I'm searching for the uh, the wording that, that you gave me earlier. Uh, apparently there's, uh, it, without knowing the exact, like, code location, I can't be 100% sure about this. Yeah, I don't, there's no, like, uh, link at that part where it says what his crime was or anything. Well, that's not what the media does, right? They yeah. don't, they, they never provide you with the uh, statutes so that you can look it up. Or the indictment, they yeah. They don't want that, you know? Mm-hmm. They want to spin the story the way they want to spin the story and be the only source for news. Does the story uh, say anything about what his parents are going to do here? Oh, I mean, no, here's the indictment. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I just got to read this. Well, you can't just read an indictment quickly. It's probably, a, you know, 50 pages long. I'm just looking for the, like I'm looking for the charge. I thought it'd be like right up on the front page. Well, actually, if it's just one, one charge is probably not the longest indictment would be my guess. Yeah, it says for knowingly concealing the source of material support or resources that he intended to go to a foreign terrorist organization. Did it say the actual U.S. code? Nope. Like normally right next to it, it's got the actual code number. No. Huh. This, this, this is the else, FBI's uh, release. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that's not the same thing. It's oh. the, the indictment. Sorry. So they, that's like their press release bragging about their big score. This 18-year-old terrorist financier who bought some gift cards on the internet and well, sent them to the one person who was who cared who appeared to care enough about him to actually spend two years talking to him on the internet and it says uh, he was lonely the charge provides uh for a sentence of up to 10 years in prison up to a lifetime of supervised release and a wow. fine of up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. all right there you go do we need to know anything else i guess they needed more than that two thousand dollars in gift cards from the kid <laughs> god so sad um, and yet another example uh, in a long, long line, as you pointed out, Mark, this has always been the case. Not always a uh, easy to victimize teenager, but usually it's a, an adult who's also similarly lonely, similarly looking to connect with somebody online, somebody who's upset uh, about what the government has done, which is a rightful thing to be upset about. And they managed to convince these people to, quote unquote, radicalize while they hold their hand through the entire process. And I'm surprised they didn't try to take him further. Maybe they did, and he shut him down. Like, hey, look, we'll, uh, well, you don't want to go to Islamic State. How about we give you a bomb 
and you can just go to your local uh, police department or the local you know elementary school and we'll just have you set a bomb off because normally that's what they've been doing that's why i'm surprised he, the guy only caught one charge here i mean normally they're going to hit you with as many charges as they possibly can so it it makes me think that there is more to this story uh, because, you know, in the indictment, you only hear their side of things. The news reports are only going to report on what the indictment says. If maybe his dad gets a chance to have some sort of comment, obviously his attorney is going to tell his client to be quiet. But if he indeed his had... client should have been quiet a long time ago. Well, sure. But if, he, if this young man had indeed tried to go to the FBI, now he went about it in the wrong way by demanding $10 million from them in order to give them the information that he had... But if he was of the mindset that he was not going to be doing the things they wanted him to, like going over and actually joining ISIS, or maybe they also tried to get him to go and do something else that he also refused to do, which, of course, would not make it into the criminal charge, right? They're not going to talk about how they tried to get him to blow up the local school, but he refused. They're not going to talk about how they tried to get him to blow up the local Christian church or whatever, right? And he refused to do the other things that they tried to collar him with, because you know they wouldn't just let this... If they could give any more charges against him, they would have, and they weren't able to do that. I mean, this guy must have been a harder target than they're making him out to be. Well, That's they, my speculation. He knew they thought he'd been known that they thought he was retarded. That's what he thought that they thought, yes. Apparently. And it's probably because, I wish that article went into what they meant by a purported counselor. So, yeah, what was the counselor thing? It said about? that whenever the uh, FBI came to his parents' house and told him he's been on websites, he's not supposed to be going to, I guess they didn't do anything except put him in contact with a purported counselor. Mm. What, is, what is that supposed to mean? I wish they went into more, uh, you know, explanation about that, because were they, like, mind-controlling the kid? Yeah. You know, the... Uh... Mind, mind control is, like, a shocking yeah. word, but I'm not joking. Like, yeah, I want to hear more about this. Were they, like, uh, you, know, conv- you know, putting these ideas in his head that, you know... Well, they were obviously putting ideas in his head. No, I'm talking about the counselor. Like oh. he was going off and alone talking to somebody who wasn't actually a counselor that was purported to be a counselor from the FBI. I want to know more about that. Hmm. If he went to meet the counselor, we don't really know all the details about what happened there. Well, that that's why I'm speculating that he said, I, I've, I known you guys thought I was retarded. He must be thinking like, they sent me to talk to this counselor. They think I'm retarded and hmm. I'm not retarded. You know, is what he was thinking. Why else would he tell the FBI, I know you guys think I'm retarded? Like, yeah. he didn't know the guy that he was talking to from ISIS was the FBI, obviously. Yep. yep. Uh, it's, it's definitely a case that I hope that we can get some updates on. And maybe I'll go ahead and see if I can find it. Um, maybe during the break, Bonnie, you can give me the kid's name again and I'll see if I can pull him up on Pacer. And then we can subscribe to it uh, through the folks over at Court Listener and just kind of keep an eye on the case and see what kind of see what things develop about this. Because, it's you know, you just cannot rely on the mainstream media to give you any updates on this stuff. I mean, you hear about the initial arrest and there's all these headlines about how the FBI has saved us again from a da- dastardly terrorist plot. And then it just goes away. And that's probably because these people are taking plea deals and just getting locked up for federal prison sentences of 5, 10, 15, 25 years or whatever it is that they're handing out 
Uh, and you know, you never actually get a fi- you know, you never get any kind of update. You never get any kind of information about it. So this, this might be an interesting one to kind of uh, keep an eye on. Let's see how it goes. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Well, don't worry, uh, guys. The the Republicans are going to get rid of the FBI. Haven't you heard? Yeah, Vivek Ramaswamzi. Oh, is he saying that now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said the FBI. Mm. Yeah, you believe him? No. No, no. Do you believe him, Mark? Um, I think that if you wanted to get rid of the FBI, and that was a um, major concern of yours, and you had a vote... Uh, I would vote Republican this go around because uh, it's more likely. That's all. You were I mean, just your explaining vote is basically useless. You were just explaining what we all know that uh, candidates during the initial phase of being a you know candidate, whatever it's called, they run on super super you know principled or you know extreme views of their side. And then as soon as they become the candidate of their party, they're like, they mellow moderate. out. Yeah, they become moderate. I'm pretty sure that's all that Vivek is doing. I don't think that he actually intends to get rid of the FBI at all. Or they'd le- or that they'd let him. He'd probably get uh, Kennedy. Yeah, they'll, they'll bring you some other, uh, they'll bring you up on criminal charges. Or like you said, kill the guy. Yeah. Uh, if they were a real threat to the uh, intelligence, quote unquote, community. If I mean, if you just look at the Trump situation, he said he was going to drain the swamp. Now, um, if we presume that he attempted to drain the swamp, uh, you know, show me the drained part of the swamp. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all we've got at this point is is sort of the evidence that Trump tried to drain the swamp. And that's why the FBI is after him. The deep state is sending their attack dogs after Trump. I don't know if I believe that. And in fact, I don't believe that. (laughs) But um you know, I mean, I, I do believe that Trump has a larger vendetta against the FBI that he did previously. Mm. Yep, that's true. But once they get into power, then the FBI will be something worth saving. Yeah, it was bad. They when can't it was get in- rid of it. That's what, um, you know, like I'm I'm watching this video that Aria mentioned on YouTube with Je- Jeffrey Tucker. It's an hour and a half long, so mm-hmm. you pardon me if I haven't made it all the way through. But in it, she talks about the pendleton civil service reform act and in this it basically sets up government uh employees to be unfireable Mm -hmm. and um you know replaces the old american politics spoils system which how is how sort of latin america runs basically when a new person comes in they fire all the old people and bring in all their new people and there's no institutional knowledge and things function poorly but with the pendleton system there's this sort of fourth more powerful um you know arm of the government which is the bureaucracy itself this is you know it's been called the deep state it's been called the the, you know the dark state it's been called a whole bunch of things but uh, there it is and weren't the pendletons a family that basically you know they're like workers for hire they did a bunch of shady things for rich people um, I think what you're talking about is the uh, the cops. The oh, there's another word. It begins with P and Pinkerton Man. Yeah, oh, Pinkerton. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> out west. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I got that. Well, they weren't even that that far out west. I mean, they were out west where they didn't have um, sheriffs. Mm-hmm. The, the sheriffs didn't have that much strength. But west at that time was Kentucky. Um, so yeah. Anyway, they uh, the. Pendleton, I don't know what the where the name comes from, but this is uh, essentially came after the assassination of James Garfield in 1881. 
All right, uh, that's that story. If you want to comment, though, the number here is 603-283-6160. Feel free to join us there. I know, Mark, coming up, you wanted to get into the latest from Marvel Comics with uh, The Punisher going out of business. They're canceling The Punisher comic series. Well, I don't know that canceling is the right term. I think that going after Punisher, changing Punisher. Um, oh, I've read the okay. most recent Punisher stories, and they've changed Punisher's uh, sort of motives and everything. It's kind of interesting. Isn't oh. he just a robot cop? So F him anyway. Well, um, Punisher has definitely been picked up by the conservative side, the uh, the, the law and order types. Um, he's uh, many cops look at Punisher as, as someone to emulate. Uh, I'll tell you more about it. Okay, we can get into that, and of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that is on your mind. In other news, the latest exodus out of San Francisco. We've seen so many stories of. Major retailers just closing down entirely and leaving San Francisco. There, of course, was uh, Whole Foods, which shut down their downtown uh, San Francisco location. Whole Foods that shut down their San Francisco uh, location? Yeah, Correct. apparently that was like where they, uh, wow. like their flagship store or something. Yeah. Nordstrom also uh, has shut down two or is shutting down its two downtown San Francisco locations as well. Ian and I and it's watched... all because of thieves, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, Ian and I watched a video last night. Actually, I don't know that we confirmed it was from California, but there was this man that walked into a gas station and he was mad because someone called him a moron for throwing a bag of ice at a different customer. Uh, he was mad that one of the worker is called a, mor- a moron and he just destroyed the whole store all the machinery all the uh you know things that hold on to you know shelves anything glass he could break he broke the credit card swiper machine thing he did everything but harm the people because they had like their own little they had a security security thing. plastic yeah. thing to be behind bomb room <laughs> they obviously didn't Basically. have a gun and uh, yeah, he just went around solve this problem real fast, destroying things all over the store. And well, since there was so much destruction, surely the police went after him. Oh, like we watched the whole video. It took them like I don't know, fifteen or twenty minutes to get there at all. And then, then they, you know, they came came and got him. But the entire store was like there was thousands of dollars of damage. Yeah, I can't and even it, imagine I, cleaning that up. I can't imagine owning a like even if I was one of the workers that worked there. If I like had the money and I was going to start a gas station. I wouldn't even consider putting one in California or one of these places with no guns where people like that roam around and they're just like, cool, I'm going to get arrested and have a house for tonight and get fed. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't get arrested, then they get away with stealing, you know, whatever they steal. Like in the case of San Francisco, where we've seen so many uh, videos of people going into businesses and just carrying in trash bags or backpacks, just loading them up with product and then just walking out the door. And, of course, some of this comes from the California, uh, many of the police will not enforce misdemeanor theft. So you have to uh, get to a felony level of theft in order for them to even consider making an arrest. So as long as you don't clock in with, I don't know what, 900 and change dollars worth of uh, items, then you're pretty much safe. And I can't imagine anybody uh, who's been on the Internet in the last year doesn't know that people are just taking trash bags full of uh, you know, just stealing stuff, lots and lots of stuff, and nothing's happening to them. I mean, the videos are all over. Yeah, it's crazy. So when uh, Whole Foods shut down, they cited a danger to their employees. They didn't say they were going to pull out of San Francisco entirely. They said they may reopen the store later if they can figure out a way to keep their employees safe. But as of whenever the news came well, out a few weeks ago. Maybe if was- some gun law 
laws get passed in California yeah, and people get to happen. own guns. Yeah, there's not going to be a way. They just didn't want to say like, yeah, we're not going to be in San Francisco anymore because it's an s-hole. Nordstrom basically said we're out of here. There's been multiple businesses that have been doing this. And now, according to Forbes, the latest is the Westfield San Francisco Center Previously, a downtown San Francisco shopping mecca that once housed over 70 top-tier retail brands been there. is pulling, well, not anymore, it's mm-hmm. pulling the plug and turning the keys back over to its lenders after defaulting on their $558 million loan. Wow. Quote, for more than 20 years, Westfield has proudly and successfully operated San Francisco Center, investing significantly over that time in the vitality of the property. Given the challenging operating conditions in downtown San Francisco, it's ghetto. which have yeah. led to declines in sales. <laughs> Meth fueled hobos stealing all our stuff. Yep. Uh, people pooping on the front steps, you know, that kind of thing, uh, which have led to declines in sales, occupancy, and foot traffic, we've made the difficult decision to begin the process to transfer management of the shopping center to our lender to allow them to appoint a receiver to operate the property going forward. And here's how the cascade's going to go. So as people leave, continue to leave, because they've been leaving San Francisco, especially since COVID, for Mm -hmm. years, and they're not going to get, well, it, it's not going to get better. San, no, no, it's no not one's growing. saying, you know what I want to do? I want to move to San Francisco. Right. Excuse me. Nobody with money wants, wants to go to San Francisco. And yeah, I hear that if you're homeless, they'll put you up in a hotel or something like that. If you've got a house there, you're going to say, okay, well, now's the time. The, the time to sell was a year and a half ago, but mm-hmm. um, the second best time to sell right is now. now. Yeah. And you're going to put your house up. And then the you know somebody down the street's putting their house up. And you're like, well, they're, they're, they're a little lower than me. So I got to lower. And then this is how the real estate cascade works. And pretty soon, property values are crap there, and nobody wants to live there. It's only the latest blow to San Francisco's once vibrant retail center. Westfield and Nordstrom join Whole Foods, Saks Off Fifth, Anthropology, Office Depot, Brooks Brothers, Ray-Ban, Christian, Lobotin, Lulamon, H&M, Marshalls, Crate and Barrel, and Disney are among 95 retailers making their escape from the downtown Union Square area with Old Navy closing later this year and Williams-Sonoma going away next. The number here is 603-283-6160. You can join the show. You can bring up anything. What would the Punisher have to say about this situation? We can talk about him coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. The number here is 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Mark joining you tonight. Uh, In the last hour, we were talking about this victim, the latest victim of the FBI, the federal government, uh, just trying to gin up fake terrorists. His name is Matteo Ventura. Uh, He has been charged with... USC, 18 USC 2339C, Section C, which is the felony that carries a 10-year statutory maximum sentence. And according to 18 USC 2339C, 
Uh, section C, that is concealment. Whoever is in the United States or is outside the United States and is a national of the United States, etc., knowingly conceals or disguises the nature, location, source, ownership, or control of any material support or resources or any funds or proceeds of such funds, knowing or intending that the support or resources are to be provided or knowing the support or resources were provided in violation of the previous section, which is to say to give to a terrorist group, knowing that they are to be provided or collected, blah, 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 shall be punished as prescribed, which is in prison for not more than 10 years. So they just have to claim that he knew what the funds were to be used for, which was ostensibly to support ISIS. And whether it was really ISIS or not, of course, is immaterial. It's just what he believed about it is the actual crime. The uh, I did find a case on Court Listener, which for listeners that don't know, Court Listener is a website, it's courtlistener.com, that's tied in with the Recap plugin, and that is a really cool plugin that allows a, a viewer to go to the government's website, which is called Pacer. Recap is Pacer spelled backwards. Yeah, I was going to point that out because I always thought that's cool. And uh, what it does is Pacer charges $0.10 cents a page for any court documents that you want to download. Recap, if you have it in your uh, browser and you download a document from Pacer, will upload that to Court Listener and make it available publicly for free. So thank you to the folks who've already been to this particular page on Pacer and saved us a few bucks just by downloading this already. Uh, it's already up on the Court Listener site. And uh, guess what? The latest motion in the case is the government's motion in support of pretrial detention. Yes, that's right. They're saying this 18-year-old Matteo Ventura, who was described in the news story that Bonnie read earlier tonight as being a little slow mentally, not maybe the brightest bulb uh, in the basket. And whom they thought was worth leaving out of prison for uh, Two several years. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. Now yeah. That he cannot possibly be allowed to leave prison pre-trial. He cannot be given bail under this government motion, which has not yet been responded to by the defense. This was just, uh, I think, posted last week, so it's pretty fresh. But it is a 19-page motion outlining why it is that this guy is such a danger to the community, even though, of course, he has what apparently no criminal uh, history whatsoever. And they claim that he has an obsession with violence and attempted, they claim, to join ISIS and blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to keep this kid... Uh, behind bars in federal uh, detention until the trial, presuming this this actually goes to trial. And it's worth pointing out that when you're in prison, jail, instead of out free, that it's just much harder to mount a defense. Yep. Yep, that's true. Although it didn't help me much, <laughs> but it was, we did mount a good defense. It's just, it didn't matter to the jury in my case. So I wish him the best. Well, I would of have luck. mounted an entirely different defense, but um, I sure thought it was a good defense when I was sitting there. So yeah. I guess I can't say too much. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I wish him the best of luck with this. Uh, with this case, it's absolutely outrageous. Uh, once again, what the the federal government's doing. But I did hit the the um, subscribe button, so I will be keeping up to date on any developments with this particular case. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how it goes, and we'll keep you up to date on it as we learn more about it. Uh, let's go to the phones here. We got Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Sarah in New Mexico, going once. Sarah in New Mexico, going twice. All right, she is not there. Usually, she is. 
when you pick up. Indeed, indeed. So uh, let's see, Mark, uh, you wanted to talk about The Punisher here tonight. Yeah, from ZeroHedge.com by Tyler Durden. That's their uh, nom de guerre that they use for um, you know, their, their particular articles, the ones that they don't reprint. A year ago, progressive news outlets were calling the idea of a culture war a right-wing conspiracy theory that had no basis in reality. Yet the injection of far-left politics and entertainment and media had already started years previous with noticeable propaganda efforts in movies, streaming television, children's show and books, even commercial advertising was replete with progressive ideological imagery by 2016 onward. The goal is relatively obvious, to erase competing ideas and viewpoints while saturating the market with only one political vision, a woke vision. It's called social engineering, and anyone who claims it's not happening in the U.S. is gaslighting. Strangely, the American comic book industry has become a major battleground in the culture war, with mm. heroic symbols being increasingly erased or hijacked as vehicles for woke talking points. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, there was news we reported that I think it was like Superboy or Superman or something. Uh, they or the, like the son of Superman or whoever it was, was gay. Robin? Like, huh? Wasn't it Robin? No, that would be Batman. <laughs> Um, but he might be gay too. I don't know. But in the, the, it was the actual three Robins, (laughs) but it was, it wasn't like fan speculation or something. It was like an actual gay scene in the Superman comics that was causing an uproar, an uproar, uh, controversy like this. Anything to get people to buy Superman for God's sakes. What a boring character. (laughs) A vast array of comic book characters are now race-swapped, which, by the way, they did to Nick Fury. Uh, Nick Fury was originally Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. He was another character left over from World War II, and Nick Fury had sort of gray temples, and he was a white guy. Mm -hmm. And then they switched him over to Samuel L. Jackson in the Marvel Ultimates series, and I thought it was really good. And then Samuel L. Jackson's saw that they, they made him Nick Fury and now he's Nick Fury in the movies. And so, and I think he's done a great job at it. I've never seen uh, any of these movies, but I mean, how can you go wrong with Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, great. maybe it's not any further, you know, than the best actor for the position was a black guy. Maybe it's not any more of a conspiracy. I, mean, I don't think there's there's no social engineering. I mean, I'm not advocating this article, anything that it says in it. I'm Mm -hmm. simply saying that um, and I'm simply reading it as, you know, obviously they're taking the right point of view. And it is true. There's race swapping. If we want to talk about that going on. Um, And I'm fine with it. If the best actor, if they tell a good story, that's what comic books are for. They're supposed to be boys soap operas. Yeah. All the upset about race swapping is like, to me, the least interesting thing that they are doing i mean they're definitely doing this woke whatever i mean woke is like just basically the new term for politically incorrect or sorry politically uh correct correct yeah kind of things and uh and there's actually a strong argument that they've co-opted the term woke uh from uh, the black movement from back in like the Mm -hmm. 60s and the in the 70s when it meant something completely different but uh but you know today in the conservative circles it's being used to describe political political correctness and there's definitely a lot of that going on and i'm sure this article is going to get uh, deeper into it but like to me 
just changing an actor from a white person to a black person or a man to a woman or whatever it is that they're changing is so, to me, pointless and unoffensive. I just don't care. It's just like you said, Mark. If it, is it a good show? Is it a good uh, movie? Are you entertained? Uh, was the actor good at doing his job? Bonnie, you and I went and saw... The uh, Little Mermaid, the recent remake, this live action remake of that one. And, and I'm, I'm not like some kind of big Disney fan, but out of the Disney movies, Ariel is one of my favorite ones. And I thought it was even better than the original. And wow. I okay. I really liked uh, Chloe, I mean, uh, Halle Bailey as Ariel. The Black Mermaid. And she was black. Oh, my God. It's just like it's she's based off of a mermaid, not a historical figure. So who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, you know, for me, I, I don't care either. If we're talking about somebody pulling off what probably I mean, these are this is a musical. The kind of singing that goes on in a musical is hard. Mm-hmm. And um, you've got to be you've got to have a very special actress to pull that off. Act and, and sing. I mean, yeah, they yeah. can dub somebody. Dance. But, it, but it does help if the actual actress is the singer. Right. And they had great success with uh, Frozen. And I, I'm reminded of Annie. Do you remember when Annie was redheaded and white? And then, ta-da, now she's black, right? I had no um, idea. Annie, what's Annie? The Annie, orphan? Oh. Another, right, Little Orphan Annie was a another musical, two live-action mus- musicals, one that was redone. And it, it just didn't make any sense to do a redhead um, orphan in 2009 or whenever that movie came out i don't know when it was hmm. i mean it made a lot more sense to do to do a black girl and they found one that was really great and it was a pretty good movie hmm. it doesn't matter to me it was pretty good i mean you know again i'm not watching a lot of uh you know musicals about nine-year-old girls but it doesn't matter to me but eh, you know that's to me that's uh, the least part but they go on here and they say they're converted to LGBT or have their histories rewritten to make them acceptable for modern audiences. At the same time, they promote everything from BLM to climate change propaganda to gender identity politics and anti-gay messaging. And I'd like to remind everybody, I can't tell you everything about DC Comics because I left that dreck long time ago. But Marvel has always, I mean, Marvel was written by uh, it was basically three Jews that won the United States in World War II before it ever joined. Um, I mean, they're, they've been progressive the whole time. Mm, okay. And uh, Captain America you know, took off his Captain America outfit to protest what was happening to blacks in America. He took on his team member, uh, the Falcon, who was a black man, and uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. They've always done what they thought was the right thing to do. I'm not saying it is the right thing to do. But nonetheless, comic books have been uh, leftist and there have been feminist characters. I mean, for a long time, arguably, arguably Wonder Woman um, was a feminist character Mm -hmm. made by a man. But I think I think Ms. Marvel, excuse me, Captain Marvel, whatever you want to call her, um, holds a better uh, claim to the feminist uh, title. But, Hmm. you know, nonetheless, is Transformers Marvel or DC? That was Marvel. It, well, Marvel got the property, but Transformers was owned by a different company previously. But the comic was the Marvel. comic was always Marvel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw it recently. I don't watch Why? Marvel or DC's movies usually. Oh no, the movies are surely Marvel's not involved in that. Uh, uh, the the original itself. animated film they were. Oh. In okay. 1986. Well, I, I watched that with Ian, and then we watched the new live action one. And it was pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. No doubt about it. 
So why would leftists target something as frivolous as comic book heroes? Because pop culture is first and foremost a playground where children grow up. And Do by kids still heroes, read comics? Is that a um, thing? Well, uh, or are they Jack making these comics, comics for adults at this point? I, I have think to wonder. That both of those things are true. Yeah, I think you can get comics for kids, and and I definitely did. And Jack read a lot. You of did. Them. I mean, and it, it would make sense that the the adults who grew up with comics are buying them for their kids. But I do have to wonder: um, how, have we seen? Has the comic book industry seen a falling off? of the purchases of these products as far as physical comics going into the hands of children. I mean, this isn't like it was in the 1980s. Number one, there probably isn't a comic book store in most people's area these days. Uh, And what are the odds that a 12-year-old or whatever is going to be hanging out at the comic book store uh, waiting for the latest issue of uh, Ant-Man or whatever it is. That, I mean, does that even happen these you days? You probably can't get them to put down their Nintendo Switch. That's what I'm saying. I mean, B- Bonnie's got, what is he, 10? Uh, br- 10-year-old, 10-year-old brother. brother. That literally, the dude does not put down the Switch with the exception of having to shove food into his mouth. Yeah, I wanted to make my parents meet Jay Noon so they could convince them to make him <laughs> stop being on the Switch. So in 1981, the average, the median age, uh, well, that's home buyers. I'm sorry, I looked up comic buyers and it gave me some home statistics. <laughs> the average um, age of a comic book buyer is Yeah, you don't have to do the old. research right now, Mark. I was just wondering <laughs> if you'd, you know, heard anything. I mean, you're a comic book fan. I didn't know if you'd happen to heard, you know, are the numbers dropping off? You would think that I they are. I can only imagine that they are. So yeah. um, when I read my comics, I read them through the Marvel app. Okay. I don't go to a comic book store. As much as I'd love to support a comic book store, it makes a heck of a lot more sense to me to spend $60 a year and read as many comics as I want mm-hmm. and carry them all around um, on my phone, essentially, mm-hmm. and than it does to buy comics and, you know, towed them around and plus the fact that i worked at a comic book store for a long time and i have this thing against sort of comics getting beaten up by Mm -hmm. being read now (laughs) i set that aside with my son i wanted him to enjoy the book not kind of coddle it like it's of something of value Mm -hmm. and the value of comics is deteriorating um who wants who cares about a for owning a first issue when um, you know, you can have everything that you can read. I just want to read these things. I just want to consume the media. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would say that I agree with you that the average age of comic buyers is going up, up, up over time. But I couldn't uh, whip out a anything to, to pack that up. Well, I mean, you're a perfect example. I mean, you're a man in his early 50s who has been converted to online consumption of something that you grew up with, right? I mean, this is, yep. uh, you're a good example of somebody who has said, I see this new system as better. Um, I would prefer that. Now, like in my case, I used to subscribe to The Onion, the actual physical print version of The Onion, and uh, for listeners that don't know, it's the Onion's probably the, the world's most successful satire website. Although I think Babylon B might be eating their lunch these days. Yeah. But for for many years, the Onion was you know the the highest level of uh, of regularly available printed satire post Mad Magazine, and uh, and the Onion uh, stopped printing more than a decade ago because it just wasn't economically feasible for them to continue doing that. As we've seen, many newspapers cutting back. Uh, newsprint is barely, you know, it's essentially it's on life support at this point. So it doesn't surprise me that comics have essentially gone the same direction. Now, for me, 
Like, I don't want to read a uh, newspaper online. Uh, it just doesn't have the same appeal to me. I, I liked the idea of actually physically holding the paper and uh, and going through it. But that may be a different sort of consumption method than a comic book person who's actually interested in a story. You're, you're wanting to follow these story arcs and these characters. And so it makes sense to, from what you're saying to pay a monthly fee and get essentially unlimited access, it sounds like, to all of the different storylines, right? That's that's kind of the deal? Right. And I have my favorite characters. They show up in different locations. Um, often they don't have their own books. So I want to be able to get the books that have that particular character in them. Uh, I like, uh, personally, I like Thanos and I like Loki and I like Thor. And I want to watch and I want to read those things. Um, Thor does have his own title, uh, off and on, <laughs> it just mm-hmm. keeps on switching around. But, and you're saying uh, it's sixty bucks a month, sixty bucks a year. Oh, a year. Oh, wow, that's actually really cheap. It's not bad. Yeah, you, know, you can get whatever you want. And that's the thing is, is that these publishers, uh, just like any publisher, they don't have paper trucks, mm-hmm. airplanes, and all that other stuff that goes into the distribution of pulp like right. they used to. And right. And, so and they what can, was one comic? Weren't they like more than five or six bucks as of late? So I mean, you're talking about six bucks a month, roughly. And I would have guessed the comics were about two fifty to um, four bucks these days. No, would be my guess. No way. I would. Well, be again, I. You know, they're only like 25 pages long. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, you're talking about one or two comics a month. It's six, you know, five, six bucks a month. No, it's just five dollars a month. If it's six dollars a year, it's five times six. There's no way I would pay that. Um, You know, I would I wouldn't pay that uh, kind for, you know, as many comics as I want to read in a given month. Um, And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the number one thing you can do to preserve memory and word retention is to read daily for enjoyment. And this is the statistically the thing that they've looked over and over again. If you want to preserve your mind, you can learn a language and you can read. Do you get it on like a tablet or do you look at it on a computer? You should also what's, take paracetam. What's the way that you read these things? Um, I I didn't I didn't love the paracetam. Um, I mean, I took it for a while. But, Maybe you're one of yeah. the ten percent that it doesn't do anything to. Yeah, maybe. Let's focus on I, the comments I, I, here. I, I, what? A tablet. Okay, tablet. Um, Got it. So I have a phone that folds out from a regular size phone to mm-hmm. a small tablet, and I like to read it on that. Yeah, cool. All right. Why would leftists target something as frivolous as comic book heroes? Because pop culture, pop culture is first and foremost a playground where the children grow up. However, one figure. Um, I'm j- jumping ahead here. In particular, has seen as as so egregious and so triggering that the leftists want him memory hold altogether. The Punisher. <laughs> the Punisher is a character, Frank Castle, who was originally created by writer uh, Gary Conway in 1974 with uh, artists Ross Andrew and John Romita. Romita, I'm familiar with, was a product of a chaotic era, a reaction to the rise of war, stagflation, instability, exploding crime rates in the U.S., and white go-go boots. The Punisher's story is a tragedy of a returning military veteran whose family is killed during what seems to be a gangland hit. With federal agencies doing little to arrest the perpetrators, Castle takes matters into his own hands and begins systematically assassinating the criminals. The concept of uh, citizen crime stopping and vigilantism has become popular in uh, the cultural zeitgeist in the 70s, with many people living in the metropolitan areas dealing with increasing criminal violence and unreliable government protection. City governments in places like New York were actively restricting gun rights for law-abiding citizens, which only made things easier for criminals. And you can, I mean, Ian, you better than I can name how many 
uh, different Hollywood movies were about somebody shooting bad guys. Go ahead, punk. Make my day. <laughs> sure. You know, <laughs> and, dirty and Harry. all these things. Yeah. And this Punisher was essentially the dirty Harry of comic books. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's nothing nefarious about him. And when I did mean, he come out? What year? Was 1974. It? So the, that's literally like around the time Dirty Harry was uh, right. Was very popular. What was the other guy? The um, Charles Bronson. That's the one. Yeah. Death <laughs> Wish. You. Death Wish. Death yeah. Wish, yeah. God, he was great. He looked he looked like he'd shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> so the the same exact conditions are returning in the US today. No, they're not. And the debate is boiling once again on vigilantes. Just look at the uh, media fury over Kyle Rittenhouse or Daniel Penny. Mm-hmm. The media mainstream left is adamantly opposed to any form of civilian intervention unless it's Antifa or BLM, which also being adamantly opposed to any intervention by police. I just want to say one more thing about um, much of the crime wave that went on in uh, the 60s, 70s and into the 80s. This was in part government caused. So the government allowed the oil companies to use leaded gas to prevent pinging in uh, old engines and leaded gas is arguably the thing that drove the crime wave for decades. It it drove people nuts. It made them uh, vicious and the government wouldn't protect people from it. I mean, that's why these movies and leaded gas made people crazy. Well, like lead paint makes people crazy. Huh? Right now, the only, the only way you can get leaded gas is uh, through for a personal aircraft. Wow. Yeah, it's all been is it gone. The fumes, but... the fumes from it. That yeah, uh... the lead, the lead doesn't go away, right? Mm-hmm. And it it goes up. It's you know, it, it's combusted. It goes out, and then it settles into the ground, and then uh, gets into our food, and uh, any variety of ways it gets into our system. And there's no safe amount of lead. And yeah, that's that's one of the re- one of the causes, in my opinion. That's the reason the crime weight's gone down. We're gonna continue here. Your calls uh, are welcome. You want to weigh in on comics and wokeism? The potential changes coming to The Punisher. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. I've been doing a little digging uh, online and finding statistics on the comic book industry, at least so far. Uh, there's all these websites that, you know, they want you to sign up to see the stats, etc., etc. But what I'm seeing here is actually a surprise. Apparently, comic book revenue, uh, according to these different sources, is up over time. It is actually... Well, I'm not do- surprised at that. Yeah, they're doing very well. Uh, in fact... I- Apparently better than ever. Record revenue. For... Is that showing just the comic book sales? Not like, you know, the whole they thing. have all the, the movies. Whole, uh, comic book sale. Well, yeah, maybe movies are factored in there. That's yeah, that a good has point. to be factored in. Because there's no way the actual sale of co- physical comic books is well, physical... better than it ever, ever has. According to this site, gitnux.com, digital comic book sales accounted for approximately 22.5% of total sales in 2018. Now, that's five years ago at this point, so I don't know what you know the latest numbers are on that, but uh, one out of five roughly several years ago isn't too shabby for digital sales. And the total number of... Uh, Comic book revenue, according to uh, this, 2020, revenue for the comic book and graphic novel market reached approximately $1.2 billion in North America. 
So, I mean, that makes it sound like it's just for the actual products, not for the movies. Uh, but again, that would be an interesting question to see broken down. We're talking with, uh, it's Ian and Bonnie here and Keen Mark Edge with us from Mexico City tonight. And Mark, you were sharing with us the, uh, the sort of story from Zero Hedge about the wokeness in comic, which you say has actually always been there, at the very least for Marvel, from the very beginning. I want to continue with that discussion here, but we actually have some calls on the line, including Major Payne in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Hey. Hey, y'all doing tonight? What's on your mind, Major? I'm sorry you're not at the party up there, you know. That's all right. Being able to partake participate just being up there, there one day uh, it was like so tiring yeah it's exhausting when i don't you're know up how there. people do two weeks to uh, a week and a half drugs anyway so um <laughs> mark was talking about the guzzoline and lead i do know something about guzzoline because i remember when premium was purple regular was red and regular gasoline was just clear and they had I, colorants I, I, in the actual gas yeah, there was different colors. My my nineteen seventy charger, oh dude, that thing ran like a rape tape. And it had hundred and fifty thousand miles on it when I got it. It was still run thirteen two quarter miles. That thing was amazing. And this hmm. is a factory edition car. And right? It- no big fat tires, no you know, racing rails, extra traction. Was that because but it it I- ran on leaded gas? They ran on leaded gas, yeah. Yeah. They replaced the lead with nickel back in the day. Nineteen seventy five, I think, is when they started on leaded gas. And they mm-hmm. put those little fuel restrictors in the gas in, in the neck of the tank there. Where you that could way only you get put a- leaded gas in the uh, unleaded uh engines. Yeah, yeah. Got yep. it. What else made it? That, that was the start of the catalytic converters and all this and whatnot. But anyway, so um Oh, I've been, I guess it was my own stupidity, but I went to the county jail. They just sent my son to prison. Mm. He, he's injecting right now doing a, they got to send you someplace. So they send them there to do the 30 day uh, quarantine and get all your shots and yada, yada, yada. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, all of his financial responsibilities, property taxes, yada, 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 have fallen on me because I'm the last man standing. Hmm. So I go to pick up his property at the county jail. He finally, after about, I don't know, 20 days in Jackson, managed to scrounge up a 60-cent envelope. So he sent me a letter. He says, Pops, go pick up my property. And I would completely forgotten about it. So I rolled down there, and uh, they destroyed his property. Hmm. What was it? Well, when I was out west, they did the same damn thing to me. What was the property I, I, that you were rest, expecting to pick up that was destroyed? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know what he went to jail with, mm-hmm. right? I, I cannot answer that question. The question I can answer is what happened to me when I was out west. During the Obama years, you couldn't buy a job here in Michigan. Okay, so I went out west, and I was supposed to register. Well, I couldn't get an address. So I ended up getting hemmed up by the feds because I didn't comply. Okay? 
I had all my property destroyed. They cut me loose in the middle of the winter in my slippers wow. with no identification, no nothing. And anyway, so this is all flashing back in my head when I go pick up my kid's property. Mm-hmm. So I get back in my truck and I back up. I bark my tires a little bit backing up. I get my truck straight. There's no damn cars in the parking lot. There's no people around. And I'm just flaming pissed. So I put the pedal down, and I lay about a 10, 20-foot black stripe <laughs> right in the sheriff's parking lot. And I slow down, and I'm coming around the curve, going out to the intersection. You know, I I don't want to kill nobody. Mm-hmm. And I might have done what they used to call a California roll, you know, mm-hmm. stopping in it, a mile and a half an hour to make sure traffic's clear. Yeah, just roll on through. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, now I'm facing uh, at least three counts of BS. Oh, wait, wow. So just the California rule or also including leaving a mark on the uh, driveway? Oh, black, the, the black stripe is Carol's driving, which Whoa. is going to kick insurance rates up. And the California rule, I don't know if that's contestable or not because I'm not sure if they actually got cameras on the mouth of the driveway, but... Hell, I ain't got no liar for me, and if I did have a liar for me, he'd be hired by the government, and I wouldn't have a flaming chance with that bastard either. So wait, just to clarify, you're in the sheriff's parking lot, you peel out, essentially, but you said no one was around, so did they just happen to, they saw the black strips, then they reviewed the footage, presumably, and then they saw it was you? Oh, yeah, this is a brand-new county facility. They got cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. So what, they came to your house then to arrest you? No, no, no. They just sent me a polite letter in the mail saying, uh, the big green weenie is proceeding up your ass. <laughs> the big green what? Weenie. Oh, weenie, okay. <laughs> Couldn't quite make out what you said. So you can say that on the radio? <laughs> no, you really shouldn't say that. Um, but well, weenie is uh, no, not that. It's it's radio. It's the action of the weenie. Well, anyway, moving on. Uh, so you, okay. So three charges. One is reckless driving. Uh, the other is the careless, California careless, not reckless. Careless driving. Okay, whatever. Right. What's the if, difference? If I endangered somebody, it would have been reckless. I see. Careless driving. <laughs> Never even heard. There's careless driving for. Just making a black mark on something that's going to get black marked oh, up eventually anyway. They can get you for anything, you know. So what's, is this like a violation? Is it a misdemeanor? What are you looking at here? Hell, I don't know. I got to go deal with the big giant head. <laughs> okay. Who's that? The, the lawyers? What is the big giant head? Oz. No, the, no, the judge. I oh, got an arraignment coming up. I'm ah. going to go plead my case. I'm going to give him hell as best I can. All right. Good luck out there, Major. Give us an update when you can, okay? Peace. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yikes. I, I guess I don't have to... to say that wasn't a good idea, right? <laughs> Peeling out in the cops' parking lot? Yeah. yeah he should try a Mark Stevens script. There you go. Uh, let's go to Sarah. She's in New Mexico. Sarah, go ahead. Boy, that was a major pain. And that's his na- name on the radio show, huh? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, she hates drivers. Yeah. What, what, was he drunk? Uh, uh, he's slurring his speech. I, I, I thought oh, he was right like, drunk I don't know. In. I mean, he's probably yeah. pretty upset. His son just got locked up in prison. 
Oh, I, I, I that'll that'll give a good reasons why to get drunk to forget about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, exactly. I think so. Well, yeah, if you're just gonna have the same problem in the morning, then you'll um, <laughs> have the same problem and a headache. Yeah, that's so, true. Sarah, what were you I calling about? No tonight? safe amount of alcohol. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I just wanted to bring up that I've been having a Mormon study, Mormon telestudy with the Mormon sisters. And they gave me a chapter to read out of the book of Alma. And I really want to learn because um, I, I really want to know if all of the bad things that they've been saying about the Mormon church is really true or not. You know, all the horrible things that they attack the Mormon. I mean, you mean like it, it was made by a scam artist, those things? Well, I mean, I heard that it's in a cult from other Christian churches. I have been told that it was all just a lie, the um, Joseph Smith and how they found the tablets and they found that. There's just so many attacks against the church. And what what I've been finding out, I'm I'm just, what I know is that they're very, very serious about what they do. You know? It's oh, yeah. Not, oh, oh, yeah. It, it's out is that I mean it to them it's a real sacrifice to go do missions. I mean they just you know they do, like, yeah. Uh, that huge makes it, sacrifice. You know, that makes it not a cult. And you're definitely gonna find out <laughs> well, in their holy book whether or not it's a cult. <laughs> the difference between a cult yeah, and religion it's, it's, is how long it's been around, Sarah. Yeah, I think you can qualify the Mormons as an actual religion uh, at this point. Now, whether they or not were definitely was... a cult at one point, but sure. now they're a religion. The people who believed Paul and his uh, blathering nonsense of the Bible were a cult at one point, and then they turned into a religion. And anybody that they're calling a cult today, if they last long enough, they'll be a religion at some point. Well, I, Shout I, free I church. Believe, believe it or not, the, you know, the people that came on the boat and then settled on the South America. They were actually one of the tribes of Israel, for, uh, for one of the one of the twelve tribes of the Israel. Which which tribe was that? According to That's the Book the, of Mormon, not according to like <laughs> any archaeologist. Right, according to the, it was one of the tribes, and then the and then the um the currents carried the boats. And I've been reading the books about. Is I'm this what they have in the it. Book of Mormon? Is this where you're learning this from? Yeah, that Raymond used to be a Mormon. Yeah, I knew was- it had something to do with Raymond because he, he and I he both Utah. lived in the same place in Utah. Right, okay. That makes sense. So he's The title you. refers to Alma the Younger, a prophet and chief judge of the Nephites. Alma is the longest book of the Book of Mormon and consists of 63 chapters, taking up almost a third of the volume. Oh, okay. Yeah, thanks for that. I was actually just pulling that up, too. Yeah, it's just fascinating. I, I'm more learning about it because of curiosity, and mm-hmm. it's in very old-style English. So I, it's very, very hard for me to understand what they're saying. So you're going to having... a study group with some Mormons there in Albuquerque? Well, what's happening is they wanted to uh, come over to my house, but I told them I'll just have a telephone meeting. So mm-hmm. I have a Wednesday night telephone meeting. And so they asked me to read a, uh, gave me a book. I Are they not in your area? Are they like in Utah or something? No, they have a temple here. So I went met them at ch- uh, Church of Sundays. I see. They gave me a book. So they had me read me a chapter. But they, you know what? They keep track of you. Would you read a chapter? And then they want to follow up like a, like a homework, like a real study. Like a salesman <laughs> would do, right? Like, yeah. Uh, well, it's like going to school. Get the prospect I mean, to make sure the prospect serious. is going through the process. 
See if they have any well, objections. I think also... they only have the best. Uh, I think they have the only, only the best intentions, though, right? Like they want to save the eternal save your soul, soul or whatever right? they're trying to do, and that's a good thing. And I mean, you know, the Christian church is all about entertainment. They got the loud music, and they got mm. the coffee. They serve the donuts. They got the. Do they not do? Uh, oh yeah, they don't do coffee, do they? They didn't used to, but they do now. Uh, okay. Mormons, they don't drink coffee. No, they, they didn't used to. They don't no, they still food. don't drink coffee. Mormons are, like, in Utah, they'll buy up all of the root beer and all of the Sprite, and you won't be able to get any in the grocery store because a bunch of them don't drink coffee. Yeah, I think that it, probably the old school ones, um, but I maybe they had a different rule on caffeine or something, but something's changed in the last couple of decades with um, caffeine and Mormons. What were you going to say, Sarah? Do, do, do they drink coffee? Oh, the Christian church is all about making you feel good. It's like entertainment. It's like going to a concert on a Sunday. They make you feel really good. But you haven't learned anything. You're not focused on any of the preaching. They don't go like, did you read that? Could I follow? Did you? Could I study with you? Uh, there's none of that stuff. It's more for just to make you feel good. You've uh, got a sugar high. This is what we tried to tell you high. about Joyce Man- Manor or jo- Joyce Myers because – who is this, the televangelist lady? It's the televangelist lady. Uh, Sarah, she's a um, prosperity teacher. Mm-hmm. Sarah really likes her. Any mega church person, it's going to be like that. I went to plenty of churches as a kid where we learned everything about what we were reading. I mean, I was in quizzing. We would learn a whole book for the year and then take quizzes on it and win little trophies and things. But Sarah, um, you're saying you're burned out on this Joyce lady? listen to her on tv i think she's got a lot of good things to say but i um, the, the the these other christian churches you show up they, they never keep track of you you know like well how come you didn't show up could we come and give you a oh okay so it feels That's to you like the mormons are more concerned for you they're paying attention to you they want to know if you're okay they're following up with you and that that level of uh that sort of personal touch is making an, a, a, dis- a difference for you and, and then they make sure to go out of their way to help you, whether it's pulling weed, moving furniture, mowing their lawn. I mean, they'll go out to sacrifice, to links, to, hmm. I mean, to actually to get members. And, and what, what it is, it, it actually works. Yeah, they it sounds like it is working. Well, it's creating a community, and yeah. um, that's what a church is trying to do in many cases. And, um, you know, I, I can't argue with that part. Bonnie, you're right. Coffee's um, not allowed. Caffeine is allowed, but huh. you should be careful with it. Hmm. All right. I hey. suspect, but it didn't used to be, right? Like, it used to be the caffeine was verboten, and so there's, it's an argument still within the church. Sarah, are you planning on going to other religions like, say, uh, uh, Islam, uh, for instance, and exploring their beliefs? Well, you know, there is an Islam temple here. I used to go there, and I felt very welcome. And then they had a feast, and I well, uh, well, uh, joined them, and mm-hmm. they they were just like any other church. Uh, and they were actually feeding the the homeless people right across the street uh, from a homeless lunch place. They're very welcoming to the community. So they you know, a, i got to give you credit, Sarah. You have done more than the average American, I think, to explore other religious beliefs. I think most people, they just 
you know, they get raised by a family. That family is whatever religion they are. They pass that on to their kids, and they either accept it and they re- or they reject it. And and then that's like the end of the story. But you've actually taken the time to explore differing religious uh, sex, uh, sex and and viewpoints, and I think that uh, you deserve a lot of credit for that. So she has thank- a lot of time. She doesn't have a job. <laughs> that's true. Thanks for the call, Sarah. I appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. Mr. Butt. It's important, it's important to, when you go to these events to be neighborly and be, bring a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> to the Muslims. To the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Butt, calling from New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. What did what, 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 you call me? That's not, my, that's not my name. Don't hurt the butt. The butt is hurt, dude. It's, uh, yes, uh, yes, you pain. are. Yeah, Major Payne is also trying to steal my name. He's, but with his, no, uh, he had it first. Name. He had it first. No, 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 not the major pain. The in the with the green weenie thing. Oh, right, right. Okay. What were you calling yeah, about yeah, tonight? Yeah. Oh, uh, about uh, la- about last night. Wasn't that a film? And uh, what, what's this about religious sex? Isn't that kind of weird? <laughs> Is that like a, a cult uh, or occult? Let's not go there. They're all cults. Okay, let's not go there. So, yeah, I once, I, I once, uh, I once lived near Tuella as well, and I talked to Donny Osmond one time. That was cool. <laughs> really, I did, I okay. did. And um, you were earlier. You were talking about uh, Oak Ridge. Uh, coincidentally, my grandfather's cousin, Ernest Orlando Lawrence, Nobel Prize Physics, nineteen thirty nine, Manhattan Project, ran Oak Ridge National Lab during World War II for the Manhattan Project. And so now, what I'm, what I was calling about is one sentence. I wrote one compound sentence, and I'm just going to read it in regard to the on-air mention of myself on your yesterday's program. I heard um, it. it. Yeah, I, I'm sure you did. I don't remember I, I it. Believe you. I might have heard it, but And uh, So anyway. So is uh, that he's well, just as made... bad as David in New Mexico, I think. Something like okay, that. Okay, some other person. I don't, I don't... I don't remember. I don't remember what uh, what what uh, I don't. I don't need to remember what Arya said about me. Doesn't doesn't matter. What does matter is, like I said, I wrote this. It's one compound sentence. Right, let's hear it. Arya's abusive communication style, full of inaccuracies and contradictions, without adherence to factual, logical, reasoned deduction, uh, is what I was calling about. And Arya might want to refrain from treating other prisoners like that in prison. Bad things could happen. And should ask for therapeutic treatment for that personality issue and character flaw. There you go, Arya. That's my response. I can't remember what it was either, but as soon as I heard it, I was like, David in New Mexico is going to call about this. <laughs> damn, damn straight. Damn straight. I don't miss a thing, man. All right. Thanks for the call tonight. Uh, the number One of here, our greatest fans. 603-283-6160 is the number here. And Mark, you were telling us about the Punisher in the woke comics uh, that apparently are a long-running tradition. Uh, Zero Hedge is trying to make it sound like this is a new thing, but maybe they're saying also it's gotten worse well, uh, in recent I think that's years. what they're saying, and, and there's some evidence to this. So Punisher's an icon, has been highly popular among conservatives, military veterans, law enforcement officers in recent years. Uh, the trademark skull can be found everywhere with patches and gear and flags sporting the image, often as a representation of citizens taking matters into their own hands. Sometimes you is- see it on the back of cop trucks. Like their personal vehicles. Yep. 
The symbol is also seen in the January 6th protests. This has made the leftists at Marvel Comics livid. They first attempted to make fundamental changes to the character, including a redesign of his popular skull symbol, as well as taking away his guns and giving him swords in 2020, um, 2021. Oh. Instead of fighting against criminal organization, Frank Castle joins with one um, violating his fundamental code of ethics. Joins with one violating his uh, fundamental code of ethics. There was that cop that... Um... He, you could see the him in the school cameras at that school in um what's it, what was it called in Texas yeah where he unlocks his phone and there's children screaming in the background and he's like just checking his phone and he has the Punisher as his background like his wallpaper on his phone. They should have been up, upset that cops were using it a long time ago, way before January. Well, well I, I think that they've. I, I mean, Marvel, like any Disney, has never loved anybody co-opting their, um, you know, their intellectual property. So they don't like that. But there's not much they can do about it. It's just a cultural phenom. Yeah. The, the this first month, time though, I ever heard of um, Punisher actually wasn't even from like noticing on the back of cop cars. Now I notice it more, maybe because I didn't know what it was before. But mm-hmm. for me, it was. Um, a Mexican guy that I knew loved it because he hated the cartel and he thought that, I don't know, like him and his family were always like, I wish we could save Mexico. And they loved, it's just the so. Punisher was like a fantasy of going after the cartels. Yeah. Basically. And I just think sure. that it's just, it's just a emblem of like, I don't know, kind of, it's kind of like a ghetto thing whenever I see it. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. it as soon as I see it, it's like somebody walking around with, one of those, like, those DC shoes. It's just the same level as that to me. DC shoes? Not DC, like DC Comics. Mm-hmm. It's different. A it's like brand. These, this brand of, like, chunky sneakers mm-hmm. that, like, white trash wear. I'm looking at the logo redesign here, which, you know, people I may, hadn't seen it. may or may not be familiar with the old logo, which is just basically a skull with, like, four sharp teeth Four long, sharp teeth kind of coming out from the area underneath the nose. And uh, essentially, they have it's still a skull. It's just it's now got kind of these swooping, uh, I guess you could call them um, horns. So yeah. it's got horns coming off the top and got a couple sort extra. A, it turned it from a skull to a devil skull. I mean, maybe. Well, I mean, that's what it looks like. Okay. To me. Maybe that will yeah, turn off the so. conservatives uh, because they don't like, you know, whenever Lady Gaga or some uh, pop star puts skulls on their heads, they're like, see, they're working for Satan. Yeah, maybe they'll quit liking the Punisher because of that. Hmm. So going on this month, though, Marvel officially declared the Punisher persona non grata, eliminating the character as readers know him. Did he go out in a blaze of glory? No. In typical woke fashion, Frank Castle was captured by progressive heroes, chained up, and forced to go through a struggle season in which he is admonished as murder, a murderer and terrorist. Marvel even brings the Punisher's wife back from the dead, only so that she can divorce him and take his money and property, and then inform him that his lifelong crusade against the criminal underworld was all for nothing. Whoa. The character then dies from apparent suicide, but the story is left open to his return, not just as the gun-toting hero people know and love. Damn, so that the- the- just so the yeah. Punisher killed himself in the end. Well, yeah, but I mean, they have a future Punisher story that uh, goes on from there, too. So, wow. uh, well, they're Punisher really trying to push crazy. away the old fans, though, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. All right. Work. Out of time <laughs> for tonight. He even uh, has to get his wife to take all of his belongings. His dead hilarious. wife. It's crazy. It's we'll see you tomorrow online. In the meantime, you can join us at freetalklive.com.
This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.